Welcome to Duckfeed Live, episode number nine, Hot Mouth. This week, Gary and myself, this is Cole, we're joined by Jenny Palladna from the Video Games Taco podcast in order to answer your questions and respond to your prompts. This is the audio version of a video presentation, a live stream done for our Patreon backers. Uh, anybody who donates at $5 or above can submit questions, watch the video live, and see the video version of this stream uh, in the archives there. If you would like to get in on that, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and uh, donate at the $5 or up level. Let's, uh, let's, let's go ahead and jump right into this. Off air in the upper... Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Now we're live. I jumped the gun. I heard a ding, and then there was another ding. Which one is this, Gary? That's Freaks. <laughs> it, like, if, if you've never seen that video, Ed Quist uh, looks like a real piece of shit. In it. Like, he's, like, in a suit, and he's got a Moby haircut, and he's, like... Dance a lot. What you call him a freak? Uh, um, a Moby haircut. Yeah, isn't that just baldness? But like real bald, <laughs> like shaved and um, sallow. Yeah. He's not just bald. He's Moby bald. <laughs> yeah. Like Mobile. Yeah. Mobile brother blues. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he wore a depilatory hat. Yeah, it's disgusting. It is a disgusting video. It's so a song from the '90s as freaking and reminds me that at one point we thought corn was acceptable. Uh, who's who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> we can go. There's there, there, there's evidence. There's historical record that people once tolerated corn to wander the earth, yeah. and apparently they're still really big in Europe. Yeah, that's what that's where bangs go to die. That's where euro like metal goes to die at least. Yeah. Oh. I told you before I had that uncle who was in a heavy metal band called Amulence that was huge in Europe. They got screwed over by the Like an amulet and an ambulance? Kind yes. I don't think that was the idea, but I used to always think it was ambulance when I was little and he'd get mad. I mean, not mad. <laughs> like <laughs> and Dark Uncle put me in the sad sack and it was throwing stuff at you. But he was just like, no, it's ambulance. And I was a little kid, and I was like, I didn't understand the concept of a made-up word. So. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a truck that drives around and repairs ambula- amulets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like in the ninth gate. Yeah. It was a deep ninth gate cut. <laughs> I don't think that really happened in the ninth I, gate. I, I very well could have. I don't remember anything about that movie. It's really boring. Was that a was was that a Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or am I thinking of Eraser? You're thinking of Eraser. You're thinking of Eraser. Well, I don't know what you're thinking this of, but you're not Depp. thinking of the Ninth Gate. Yeah. Because that was a Johnny Depp. Yeah, Roman Plansky, right? I think so. Yeah, it's like a Roman Plansky yeah. Johnny Depp movie that's really boring about him summoning demons. And like a book. Yes, book demon book. I don't understand the appeal of Johnny Depp. I used to like Johnny Depp, and then he just started. Johnny Depping all over the place, and it got kind of gross. Yeah, he's in, he's intolerable now. Like he's yeah. he can't I can't look at him or listen to him. And we like his like the facial makeup and weird created visage for like things now is like very hard for me to look at. Like, yeah. And he, dark shadows and Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. 
for his personal fashion, he it looks like he was bit by a radioactive Steven Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that onion thing where it's like Johnny Depp now just animate pile of uh, head Scar- head wraps and scarves or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have a viewer. Oh boy. Yeah, it doesn't happen right away. No. Um, we have a bunch of stuff that's recorded for posterity. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Duckfeed Live. Yeah. Hi, How's viewer. How's it going, guys? I'm doing all right. Jenny, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Good, uh, good to have you. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm inspecting the details of the background of your recording. Oh yeah. Look at that. So this is Zach's kitchen. Oh yeah, look at <laughs> that. I've always wondered. Um, there's there's like, like a there. microwave. Uh huh. It's like this. Emily just cleaned it like yesterday. You so. Can see that. Yeah. Wow. No, it's beautiful. It's sparkling. Wow. There's a built-in oven. That's yeah, that's so nice. um, yeah. Yeah, it's in Eden Chicken, and um, there's I just bought a coffee maker. It's that Ooh. blue thing that I just obscured with my arm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this makes great radio too. That's yeah. nice. This dumb thing that I decided to start. <laughs> it's like it's it's okay, guys, to imagine. Imagine a coffee maker, but like it's really interesting. <laughs> like, I know you see that, I mean, I, God, I wish you could see it. Just, it's not that interesting. Just imagine but a coffee. Did... Good. Buy the prettiest one. Go. <laughs> imagine a coffee machine that is periodically obscured by a woman's shoulder. <laughs> it's a feature. Oh, you don't have to imagine it. It's real life. It is. It is true. Science fiction has become science fact. Um. <laughs> <laughs> has science gone too far? It has. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Wow, five viewers. Hey, guys. Wow, hi, guys. I poured uh, lukewarm coffee into a hot coffee. <laughs> Luke hot coffee. Because I forgot I had coffee from earlier. That's about where I'm at. <laughs> um, I did the reverse and poured hot coffee into lukewarm coffee. Hmm. Well, well, well yeah. science has gone too far. <laughs> 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 Cold beer into my mouth. Yeah, hot mouth. Did you just cold Ross hot mouth? Like cold beer, beer on a hot mouth. Like, did you listen to WOFF? Cold <laughs> Ross hot mouth. Sounds like the mouth. It's the hot mouth hour. Yeah. What are you drinking on? Oh, the trash beer that people give me shit for drinking. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh Yingling. Yeah. Which. You know, it's cheap enough that you can just always have it around the house. Yeah. Not if you live west of the Mississippi. True, true. In which case, you have to get, like, friends to bring it to you. It's one of uh-huh. those re- re- regionalisms. Yeah, but, it's like a big deal out here if you get your hands on some yingling. It used to be that way here. Like, you couldn't get it unless you went to, like, Pennsylvania or West Virginia. Uh, but uh, they brought it. They got distribution. And... Uh, provided me with a very boring story to tell about which beers you can and cannot buy. <laughs> <laughs> That's been another episode of Cole Ross's Hot Mouth. <laughs> Going directly to your ears. Hot mouth. Hot mouth. Hot mouth. <laughs> early contender for title there. Let me write that down. Okay. It's early. It's early days. Oh, yeah. It's early. All kinds of stuff can happen. Hot mouth. It looks like it says hot youth. It does. <laughs> like hot youth. Cole Rogers like, hot youth. Like my hot chip Sonic Youth cover band. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sonic Youth chiptunes. <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. It, it, exactly. Yeah, would do that. Be really dissonant for like a lot of it. Like you could do it, but it'd just be all that noise wave for like long yeah. stages. <laughs> oh, there's an audience for that. Hmm. Hmm. Um, let me before we do any questions or anything. Let me tell you guys about moving. Okay. Um, so I hired guys to move because um, I didn't have a truck available, and uh, this is another this is another <laughs> boring story for my hot mouth. It gets better in a second. Um, I'm just kind of I feel like a weird shame about like I feel decadent, like hiring people to move boxes for me. Like I'm not broken, but then I'm also like I'm getting old and like yeah you know, I don't want to be sore for a couple days to do this you know. Sure. Um, but it, it just kind of worked out to where it made sense. Obviously I haven't moved everything, um, but I hired these guys. Uh, one, I hired them for noon. They texted me this morning to see if they could come at 10.45 and then showed up at 10.15. That sucks. Wow. They show up you know, an hour and 45 minutes early for work. Um, there's two guys, and uh, you know, it was just fine. Like They're just moving boxes, and I was still eating breakfast because I stay up late. Um, that's really early for me. And then I had to go um, to get over there. I had to ride with them in the front seat of their truck, which meant like initially I was sitting down with like the gear shift between my legs. <laughs> Which, like, if you do that, like, that's, that's, that's no good because, you know, a guy just, like, runs over, pulls over and just, like, shifts your shaft. <laughs> so then I was, like, side saddling um, and started talking to the guy. And uh, the guy was talking, I was just like, you know, how is business? Which is what you talk about whenever I'm, like, talking to a cabbie or something like that. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. or barber, like, I don't really know what to talk about. And uh, this guy was just like, yeah, you know, we got 30 moves coming up this weekend, and, and we got five solid guys. But, you know, it's, it's times like this, right? It's times like this, I call on my reserve team. My weekend warriors, my sleeper agents. <laughs> he said he literally said weekend warriors and sleeper agents as wow. his spare movers. I was just like, well, you know, trying not to laugh because I'm all tired and loopy, and also like it's funny. But yeah, that, that's really it. Oh, and then um, at the, the the other guy didn't talk to me the entire time, and then after moving all my stuff right before he left, he's like, yo, man, you a DJ? And I'm like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> and then that was it because I got a bunch of music stuff. But like right. the the guy who with his weird paramilitary moving stuff was was the highlight of, of my day for that guy. We have our weekend warriors, our sleeper agents, our Manchurian candidates. Yeah, our Manchurian <laughs> our running candidates. Man. Yeah. We say the code word and they start putting everything in boxes. Yeah. They don't know why. Well, they must lift with knees. Must lift with knees. Is it safe? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was just, I just, I'm just imagining this guy like having a board with little lights on it and stuff, and then just you know, pressing buttons to, to hire these guys to, to move for, you know. Is is this like Uber for moving? Is is what this is like? They're, you know, the, is it the sharing economy? Are they are they disrupting the two guys in a truck business? Uh, they they were they were this was like ten guys in a tr- it's like a guy who owns a couple of trucks, yeah, who started his own business. So it's like it's just it's you know it's not like a like allied van lines or something like that. It's just like it's a Portland moving company. So I guess they're disrupting, but they they didn't. There was no like disrupty techness tech bro about them. Like, yeah. he was a pretty blue collar dude. Oh, I also asked him. Um, I asked how long you've been doing it, and he said ten years. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, were you? He's like, were you the the founder? Did you start this company? He's like, I'm the brains, the heart, and the founder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You have to admire that, though. You have to admire somebody who can talk about that in that way. Like, he was, yeah, he was way into it. Like, you know, way into lifting stuff. I'm not. I'm not trying to sound like I'm looking down on somebody who does that kind of work. Like, 
good on you. He was just a weirdo. He was a weirdo and a real blue collar worker, not because he was a blue collar worker. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I hired people to move me the last time I moved here a couple of years ago, and that was a that was a good a good choice from a time perspective mm. because I'd done the move yourself over the course of you know several several weeks uh, thing. Um, it also worked out because I got in that car accident and couldn't lift anything. Yeah, that, yeah. that's. <laughs> so I got yeah. the, I got the reservation and that was good. But like, I'm the kind of person who will do the majority of somebody's job before they get to me. Mm. And so like they got there and like, oh my gosh, this is the easiest move because you've already boxed stuff up by room, and have like told us where to go. It and was- so like. Yeah, the alternative is weird to me, though. Like, having somebody come and pack your stuff seems weird. Like, I definitely yeah. packed, packed everything. Oh, okay. like, mm, yeah, that, yeah, that's really strange. Like, you know, and but the one thing you said made me think, like, and I'm not proud of this, but I lied to the guy and said that I threw out my back, and that's why I wasn't, like, doing it now. Because <laughs> I was just embarrassed. I felt so decadent and stupid. Um, and then in retrospect, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just paying this guy for a service. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, you know, it's, just, it's just adding into moving costs. Like, it's not actually that much more. Like, if I had rented a truck and moved it myself, like, you know, that would have cost an additional, like, 40 bucks or something like that. So it wasn't actually that expensive, but I was just self-conscious about it. Yeah. Um, well, there's also, you know, time expense, heartache, the stress of driving a truck in a yeah, city. I can't. I can't, yeah. I can't drive a truck. It would, and that's the hard thing for me is I'm always just like, hey, Levi, like, do you feel like driving a U-Haul for me? Like, you don't even have to lift anything. I just can't drive it. Like, that's right. what I mean. You know, you don't ask somebody to do that. Yeah. I have enough trouble driving it, like, driving them on, like, country streets. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a real nightmare. Ugh. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Should we, like, do, should we, should we take... Go <laughs> <laughs> get some my craw. Um, move it. <laughs> do, do our type five on moving. Yeah. <laughs> Like why they, they call it moving, but you neither move or in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Should we assume that our that that our viewers and listeners uh, know who Jenny is? No. No, that's let's not a safe assume. assumption at all. Let's never make assumptions. Yeah, because yeah. when you assume, you make an ass out of Scarlett Johansson. How does that go? Yeah. <laughs> That's not how that goes. When you assume things about Jenny, you make an ass out of me and Jenny. (laughs) And thanks. You two specifically? You make an ass out of Bono. The Edge. (laughs) Larry (laughs) Mullen. Oh, Oh, man. So realization. um, Every breath you take is a lot sadder if you assume that every police song, like every early police song, is about the same guy and he's thinking about the same woman from every little thing she does is magic. Mm. And then it goes then turned him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now he's... Creeping on uh, I think So I think Don't Stand So Close to Me. I think that's the first one. Like, he started as a teacher, and then that happened to him. So he left and started working, like, reforming prostitutes, which is where he met the every little thing she does is magic girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that went south, and he became a stalker. Yep. And and it happens in multiple timelines in a kind of synchronicity. <laughs> like it is. <laughs> well um, played. There, there's, there's all kind. Of, what, or, or, and then and then there's the whole synchronicity too. <laughs> and then the sequel. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and eventually he he gets uh he gets desperate and he goes back to the woman from every little thing she does is magic. But now, you know, she's she she she's in the red light district. Mm-hmm. Changed her name to Roxanne. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys ever hear? Or it's not very well liked, but the second season of Flight of the Condorcords has like a re- like a real spot on Roxanne parody called uh, Brett. You don't have to be a prostitute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really, really good. No, I I never watched season two of that. It like not I have, but it's it's got some gems. Like it's not as good as the first season, but it's got some yeah. good stuff. Are they guys like? Do they still work? <laughs> I know that yeah. Brett does stuff. Like he's an actor, but yeah, Jermaine uh, is coming out is in a movie that's coming out soon. Like they kind of work separately, but they're doing a reunion tour, I think. Yeah. And then Brett isn't an actor; he's a musician. Like now, like he did. Um, all the original music for both of the Muppet movies, the new Muppet. Oh yeah, which is oh, cool. I haven't heard those songs. Like they're so good. Yeah. Um, the second one has that whole prison. Like Muppets Most Wanted is a really funny movie that like didn't get any attention at all. Um, and the the songs in it are great. So. Huh. That 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 heartens me because it, the, the the trailers didn't look very good. It's 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 not as like it's not as unique and it doesn't have as much heart. It's just really funny. Yeah. Like it, it is, it is, it has a wonderful like joke delivery, you know. I mean, you could say the same thing about the Muppet movie and then the Great Muppet Caper. Yeah. Did not have as much heart, but was a funny. Yeah, movie. it was still still really funny. Like it's still like a really good Muppet movie. Yeah, yeah that's a good good way to put. Hmm. Yeah. So to answer the question, or at least provide some some clarity for people who don't know. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Muppets started in nineteen. 19- yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're a mop nor a muppet. Um, well, they're muppets by definition, Cole. Yeah, they're not a mop nor a muppet. <laughs> a mop nor a muppet bee. <laughs> Which is when the janitor gets desperate and hopes nobody notices that Kermit's going to be all dingy next time. Yeah. <laughs> they used him as a mop. No. <laughs> the Shakespeare of janitors. Oh, have you guys seen Hoggle lately? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Hoggle yeah, is not doing good. Yeah. Hoggle? From a, Labyrinth. From oh, okay. He's the little goblin <laughs> troll thing from yeah. Labyrinth. I, I don't have as deep of catalog on Labyrinth. The stuff from that doesn't immediately jump to my head. Yeah. Well, it came out when you were, like, negative three, yeah. right? Right. Negative something. Yeah. 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 You drop a Fraggle Rock on me, and that's fine. Yeah. I think it was contemporaneous. <laughs> I was planning to you later. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> that was how you were going to die, actually. <laughs> If you're gonna die by having something dropped on you, like any kind of rock, I would prefer it to be a Fraggle rock. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a schoolhouse rock. Mm-hmm. I would prefer a Fraggle rock, I think. Yeah, it would teach it would it would uh, teach you some lessons about you know coexisting with those who are different from you as sure. you know you bleed out. Yeah, dungeon ecology. <laughs> you show about dungeon ecology, like for budding DMs, like watch the first season of Fraggle Rock. <laughs> so. So who's Jenny? What's that? Who's Jenny? <laughs> So this is Jenny. You may know her from the Video Games Taco podcast. Or not. Yeah. Or you may uh, have uh, heard her um, on two guest episodes of uh, Abject Suffering. This and one true. guest episode of Check Out Comrade. Oh, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Talking about Isaac. Mm-hmm. Talking about Isaac. Mm-hmm. Without actually having played much of the new Isaac that we were talking about. Have you um, Have you rectified that? It still won't run on my computer. Ah. I think I broke something trying to patch it when it was like still mm-hmm. early days and everyone was white screening. Mm-hmm. Except I was special, I was black screening. 
instead of Ooh. widescreening. So I tried the widescreen fix, and I think that permanently broke everything. Huh. <laughs> you can't imaginate the, the screens <laughs> fixes. <laughs> you just up with know, a you don't cross the screens. Screen. Yeah, don't cross the screen. <laughs> I'm excited. So I've I've played um I've played a, a, a fair amount um of of Isaac for me couple of hours. Um, I've got a PS Vita on its way. Mm. Oh, um, nice. And I've got that on um, PS Plus or whatever. Having that in portable is actually, I think, going to like help me get over the hump on it. That seems good. Yeah. No, that's that seems like a great bed game. Yeah. yeah. It would be dangerous for me. Like, I didn't... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. They, they, they had planned a, a 3DS version, right? But he, 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 did, he didn't get through Nintendo cert or something? Yeah. Yeah, Nintendo yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't play ball. Or he wouldn't play ball with Nintendo. Yeah, that mm. seems more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, Mario's going to have to become a, a aborted baby. <laughs> no, no, Edmund, we won't play ball. <laughs> so you give a little, take a little, you know. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Isaac, Isaac gets like a sensible jacket, and, and Mario's <laughs> been had this entire time, <laughs> and, and is a subject of child abuse. Yeah, I mean, it all takes place in the sewers. It's cool. Yeah. It might be the good, the Waluigi vehicle that everyone's been wanting. Yeah. Yeah, like Waluigi. Baby with Waluigi in the blood and poop kingdom. Childhood. Like, you realize, like, Waluigi and Wario had to have been raised by, like, monsters. Like, oh, yeah. Like, getting a, a, a nanny cam in on that shit wouldn't be the most depressing movie you've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> like. <laughs> They're they're all walking around. They're they're clothed in bread bags, cinched at the neck with uh, extension cords, like <laughs> roast beef from Akewood. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to start start with a question? Sure. Yeah. Let's do one from our friend Brayden. I'm gonna do a Brayden impression. Hi everyone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hi everyone. Every once in a while, Brayton will get like a, that kind of like, I'm talking in a you know a Centaurian voice. <laughs> <laughs> he continues. Uh, I won't be able to watch this live, but I thought that I would ask uh, some questions. Which Pokemon is the cutest, Dragonair, Meryl, or Slowbro? Uh, Wooper. <laughs> Wooper's pretty good. Wooper's, I, 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 like, Wooper is very cute. I was when I first saw this question, I was just like, "They're way cuter Pokemon." But then I also, out of the three, I think. So it's, it's those three, it's difficult. Um, mm. I, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna go uh, Slowbro, because um, I like, I like idiot Pokemon. Mm. Like I like, I like your Psyducks and your Snorlaxes. Like I like Pokemon that look like they have no intelligence. <laughs> Because it makes what you do to them less. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I'm more comfortable eating a shrimp than an octopus. And if there were like shrimp battlers, like I would, I would sign, you know, sign me up. But octopus, octopus sure. Ultimate. Like they're not going to be the UFC. In that all day. Ultimate. Ultimus. What's the name of the octopus in Final Fantasy? Uh, uh, Ultras. Ultras fighting championships. <laughs> yeah. What was? What was this? Meryl? Meryl? <clears throat> the, the Pika Blue? The blue, blue looking. Uh... Blue. Do you do you remember that rumor about that he was? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Which I'll be the audience stand-in. Which rumor? 
<laughs> just be- uh, between uh, so th- uh, it was it was between uh, red and blue and gold and silver. There was kind of this uh, rumor that there were things you could do, uh, like you know, unlocking the Signo or whatever, to get mm-hmm. a water elemental Pikachu. That was like hinted oh. at, and I think corroborated by you know images that came over, like pre-release images of Meryl, which actually does just look like look like a, like a uh, blue Pikachu. A blue Pikachu, yeah. And so they the, they thought that that was going to be the case, that that was going to be the egg that Misty was carrying around in the uh, in the mm. anime, but it turns out that was just a Togepi and didn't have anything to do with <sighs> Pikachu or Meryl. Mm. Yep, I know that. That's a fact that. <laughs> Area yeah. with for 15 years. What, what's your answer, buddy? <laughs> My answer? I'm going to... So I think that Meryl is a little bit too conventionally cute. I'm going to go with Dragonair. Um, I'm going to second that. Yeah, because I like the I like the idea of wearing Dragonair like a mink stole. That <laughs> yeah. can just freeze with piss me off. Like, like in the Pokemon the- world, like PUAs throw a Dragonair down their front? <laughs> yep. And then <laughs> it just looks like you've got... You're packing sausage? Yep. For lunch. <laughs> For lunch. <laughs> That's oddly specific. <laughs> I, I like Dragonair, but I think Dragonair looks too much like a like a more conventional children's illustration, I think. Mm. Like it looks a little bit like just like it's like, you know, Billy and the Dragon. You know, and maybe I'm well Dragonair is when he's like when he's the, the, the snake, right? Yeah. And then so, Dragon Knight yeah. and then Dragon Dragonolo. It's a dra- dra- Dragini, Dragonair, and then Dragonite. Dragonite's the big dude, doofy. So I think I think Dragini is the one you guys are thinking of. That's like. Oh yeah. No, I just looked Dragonair. it up. Dragini is like a like a little short, kind of kind of guy. Dragonair is uh-huh. a little bit longer, and he's got he's got Does wings. Does he have like loops his in his tail? Yep. Okay. So he, he goes yeah. dragon to snake to, back to dragon. Yes. Weird. Pokemon <laughs> man. Whoa. Everybody knows snakes are just the cocoon form of dragons. Yeah. (laughs) If so, I should stop cutting them in half for no reason. (laughs) I'm just a monster. It's like that old Sphinx's riddle, you know? It has four legs in the morning and no legs in the afternoon and then four legs again in the evening. (laughs) Some weird Sphinx. Somebody broke the Sphinx. Has there been a, a Sphinx Pokemon? It seems like they, since there's oh, been literally like, ice cream cone Pokemon, there should be, but I can't think of yeah, one. Yeah, I can't either. That seems like a thing that would happen. Yeah, I'm really surprised. Oh. I lost track after gold and silver. I kind of did too, honestly. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how. That's why I'm asking. Like, I like, <laughs> <laughs> like, the implications there. I was like, <laughs> to be this yeah. Riddle, this yeah, like, no, I've actually got all 900 memorized, and I'm just asking this as a rhetorical device. <laughs> you, do, you do an hour and a half long poker rap of the 900. <laughs> it's like an epic poke poem. <laughs> Let's see here. Riff ass synchronicity two, a synchronicity for pigs. Oh, I was riff watching. Hi, riff. <laughs> hey, riff. Just just drop that in there. I like when people use the Q and A widget for jokes. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, it's weird. Um, I don't, never mind. I'm not gonna say that on air. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> so everybody is super racist. What's that? I said you're not missing anything. It was super racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, George F. Mashurki asks, uh, have you ever played Solium Infernum? Uh, I'm going to extend this to include the Yogg and other board gamey digital games. Uh, I've never heard of Solium Infernum before yeah. this question. Nor have I. Um, I have played a little bit of the Yogg. I got stalled on it, but I want to play it more. I like the Yogg. I don't know what other games are like it, though. Yeah. Neither have I. So, like, they seem to be really different different things. Like, looking at the interface of Solium Infernum, it appears to be, like, really elaborate. Like, looking at the looking at the interface, I think, like, the Yogg is, like, a little miniature storytelling game with basic stats, whereas Solium Infernum kind of seems like a, like, a rudimentary, like, Catan hex-based strategy kind of game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the the comparison seemed odd to me, um, based on what I knew. But I didn't I didn't look up Solium Infernium. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Sorry to just say no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, more or less. I didn't play tons of the Yaga. I got I picked it up on a sale, but then got distracted by pot homework. And then yeah. Played other stuff instead. How about you, Jen? I have never played either of those. Mm. I've heard the Yog. I've heard good things about the Yog. Consistently. Yeah. The Yogg is good. I didn't quite understand what the purpose of the multiple characters was. I was just playing mm-hmm. it by myself. So I was like, ooh, I can just do four different stories at once, not understanding that like each of those characters should have been played by somebody else to uh, come into your home um, and okay. play the game with you um, and see how their stories uh, shake out. I love the art in the Yogg. I don't know who does that. I think it's whoever whoever does the, the, the art for Casey Green's comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's... a uh, uh, it's it's really good. It's like a nice, uh, like almost like, colorful version of like Harka Vagrant kind of style, kind of mm-hmm. loose. Oh, nice. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's a it's a pretty game. Yeah, I, we're we're all pro Yog here. Yes. Yeah. Yogians. Yeah. Go Yog. <laughs> Yog University. Yog. <laughs> the fighting Yogs. I won't spoil what the Yog is in the mythos. That's that good. Is- yeah, that punch you in the dick. <laughs> yeah, like, why, why would you do that? <laughs> Let's all go through and say awful things we won't do. Okay. <laughs> and it's a power that I wield, though. Understand this. It's true. Yeah. It, 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 I know you're not actually... I'm not actually giving you shit for this. But doing that... I know this wasn't your intent, so don't... Because you're immediately going to be like, that wasn't what I meant. But don't don't say it, because I know that's not what you meant. Okay. But when you when you when someone does that, where they're just like, "This is a thing I could do, but I'm just not going to do it," like, it has really the same effect of doing it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I remember there's a guy um, who I, I used to be I was went from friends with to frenemies, and now I just don't like him. And he was really I'm sure I've told the story before, but he was really mad because I found a picture in a magazine of Christina Ricci that looked just like him, and uh, and and was showing it to people. And it was really funny because it looked just like him. I drew a little beard on her. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to have a face for this story now because of that. Yeah, so just imagine Christina Ricci as, as but uh, he got really mad, and he was saying, like, he was, like, trying to start a fight with me or something, and he's like, you know, Gary, there's stuff that I could say about you, but I'm not gonna. You know, okay. And, like, that's, like, the equivalent, oh. like, that's the exact, that's the exact same thing as just saying the thing, because, or worse, because anything I think of is going to be worse yeah, than what you're actually going right. to say. You know? Um, and I know you weren't doing, like, you you weren't doing that, but when you say like I can do this awful thing, but I'm not gonna, like yeah. it doesn't, you know. I'm and again, I'm not comparing you to to this guy at all. Yeah. Um, but it just reminded me of it. 
In reality, what happened was I I, I I pictured the Yogg University and what that would mean, like the mascot, and like, oh, I can make a joke about that, but I don't want to. Oh, because it would be a spoiler. I, I very, I very yeah. inelegantly backed away from it. By you, did, you did fine. It wasn't inelegant. <laughs> I was just calling you out for comedy purposes. Yeah. Which is joking on the comedy live stream. Like, like, but, but, you know that 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 live, uh, sorry, that 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 attitude, like that scorekeeping kind of attitude, like that is something super prevalent in like, uh, um, passive aggressive workplaces. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, don't even start talking about this thing that I do because I can, you know, yeah, like, the, the the people who are walking around with mutually assured destruction. You know, yeah. constantly at the front of their minds, like, eh, no, <laughs> you just revealed something terrible about the way it's, you. It's, it's the worst, like, I mean. Far be it had to have a week go by that I don't complain about Gamergate stuff, but like mm-hmm. on Twitter, when anyone ever calls out Gamergate on stuff, and I always look at the responses because I'm open to arguments for things, even if I don't agree with them or if I'm biased against them. Like I want to know what they are. Like this net neutrality thing. Like I wanted to know what the argument against was. Obviously, you know, I'm for it, and it's great that it passed. But I was like curious as to what the rationale was. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see people who are against something, I feel like it should be elemental. Mm-hmm. Um, and what always happens is uh, someone will just be like, Gamergate does this. And then it will just be a screen cap of, like, Leigh Alexander being kind of bristly. Or, like, why don't you condemn this? Like, it's never a response. It's just like, this is yeah. the thing that you do, you know, as is yeah. the, if that's a response. And it's not discourse in any way. You know, like, they're like, here's, the, here's what I have on you is not a good response to a specific criticism. No. Mm-hmm. You know? And also it, like, plays that hypocrisy as, as like, apparently this atom bomb, which is not, you know, like, well, yeah, but this person does this, so therefore everything, you know, you're, you're mildly inconsistent by liking this person and disliking this person when they've both done bad things. It's like, he, you got me. <laughs> like, I, you know, I like some people for some things and dislike other people for other things. Yes. Guilty as charged. <laughs> because, because sometimes growing up is recognizing things can be complicated. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to go on that. Like, we don't have to keep on that or anything. It's yeah. Oh. You know. uh, um, Alan Del Rio asks, Wow, I've never caught one of these live before. Hello. Hi, Alan. I'll repost my Hi, question. Alan. <laughs> Hi, Alan. Yes. Um, I'm replaying Final Fantasy VII and listening to the WAF episodes um, on the game while I do. Um, I finished the game yesterday and I've been trying to defeat Ruby Weapon uh, without, he says, KOTOR. Uh, which I think he means Knights of the Round. Um, I don't um, know. <laughs> the Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. <laughs> and shit. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> um, but um, uh, you both uh, discussed the super bosses of FF7 briefly uh, when you played the game for WAF, but do you, either of you uh, remember how you beat them when you first played the game? Um, not, I, not really. Um, I know with him you have to go, you want to go in with one party member. Because he's gonna blow away two other party members no matter what. Um, you for Ruby Weapon use um, what's it said Lich, or I don't know if it's still called Lich in seven, but whatever the big status effect, it's Doom Train in number eight. Um, like this, yeah, <laughs> the uh, the status effect summon on him because he can be stopped. So just try to keep him stopped, and yeah. that's how I beat. I remember beating him, but I remember the specific like character build and stuff because it was you know fifteen. 16 years ago. Yeah. Did you ever play those games, Jenny? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love the crap out of 7. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I remember, like, I've, I, I've learned the tricks to these guys because I played the game with my cousin who, like, had the strategy guide, and he was like, oh, you need to do X, Y, and Z, and I was like, 
okay, cool. And now I can never unknow um, mm-hmm. how to like how to do that, like you know how to get around the twenty minute um, time limit on, uh, mm-hmm. on on Emerald Weapon or whatever. So yeah, that was that was never something I came across naturally. Like, did you did you bang your head up against those guys? I think I was playing them late enough that there were game facts. So the yeah. second I had trouble with a weapon, I was like, bam! <laughs> Give me a build. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, those FF seven episodes remain really popular in the numbers. Like that is uh, that has been like a a hallmark of the network almost <laughs> because. It, it, I think it's a game that people go back to organically enough that like it's a, like it's like a draw. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it was fun to do them. It's it. I'm in no hurry to do it again. You, <laughs> you know? guys but, sounded really tired by episode three. <laughs> pro tip. <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain. We were, we were very tired. We. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, we didn't plan on doing it as a three-parter. Remember that, Gary? Yeah. We, we got like two and a half hours into episode one. It's like, and we're we never going to do this. Yeah, we weren't to the end of the episode. And I was yeah. like, oh, we're going to do another two and a half hours now? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, we're crazy, and we don't really have any sense of, you know, self-preservation. <laughs> I, I am so, like, I... Um, I think I talked about this, um, but I just recently bounced off of Bravely Default. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can play a JRPG other than for nostalgia reasons anymore, or for the show. Like, it has to be either something on assignment or for the podcast, or I'm not going to be into it. Like, I think I might be done with that genre. It, it, it's a bummer. Like, it is, it is the, it's just not mechanically there for me. Like, the moment to moment is too boring. Yeah. What was, like, the most recent JRPG you've played, Jenny? Oh, man. You know, it was probably Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden, honestly. Oh, well, that's a good answer. I mean, I will play Barkley too, when yeah. it comes out. <laughs> um, no, I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Do, do we know when that's coming out? No. I don't. They showed it at the last PAX I went to, which was almost two years ago now. So, you know, that was, like, it's been a very long time. Um, it's been a very long time uh, <laughs> since uh, since they've had it, and I guess they're just taking the time to perfect the beats. Yeah, so that, that was where you did like the DM character creation. You got a barcode. Yeah, uh, it was it's it on my Twitch. Yeah, I, I did a the wizard. It's it's like the beginning to Ultima. A wizard comes and reads your tarot and mm-hmm. does like a you know chess moves and and stuff like that to create do character creation. Or they did you know at that PAX. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done in real life, and it sucks that that place is. You know, poison now. But. Yeah. yeah. Kind of related to that. Uh, Noah uh, DeBiase, I think. Sorry, Noah. Um, asks, how do you all feel about Kickstarter as a vector for game development funding? Uh, what are the some of uh, some of the ways in which it succeeds or falls short? I can't speak to that because I've never done a I've never done a Kickstarted video game project. Like, as a consumer, it's just a way for me to give money to people that I like and then three years later get an email that says hey here's a game for you to play you know yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and Jenny would do, do you have a, I feel like I've been talking a lot uh, no I basically exactly what Cole said having never, um, you know asymmetric successfully kicked a thing and that was yeah. fine 
for, 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 for Word Realms, yeah. 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 I don't know. Like, it's 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 fun to track, like, when the ones go bad, just because it's it's entertaining to me to hear people, the different ways people can get upset. Yeah. No, that is you know. fun, like, in a popcorn way. It yeah. seems like Kickstarter is really saturated with everybody trying to get a game funded. And I yeah. don't know if that's hurting... Hurting Kickstarter is a vector overall. Yeah, like it, I, yeah, I feel like it does. It's it's kind of a victim of the boom, like the double fine, Kickstarter boom. You know, oh like, yeah. Things. Oh god, people were so mad about that. I I'm kind of mad about it. <laughs> like it is, yeah. it is annoying. <laughs> like, um, like I think it is awesome for a certain kind of scope. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's really really cool, and you get your like, you know, get your shovel knights and your Shadowrun returns and your. Uh, uh, FTL. Yeah, you're FTL, and um, you know, yeah. I'm looking forward to like Project Attorney and stuff. But I feel like I, you know, the Double Fine stuff. I don't feel like that's they made a game that was appropriate for the venue, and I mm. think that's why they're you know had to ask for a bunch more money just through non non Kickstarter channels and stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, Frog Fractions too. Yeah, that funded. Yeah, which is awesome, and also it's like that was a ridiculous leap of faith on for people, which I really like that Jim was able to do that. Yeah, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that the worst case scenario for this is like Peter Molyneux's thing, like Godus. I mean, yeah. that yeah, that is kind of going nuclear. I think in terms of in terms of the way that that can fail, the most spectacularly. Yeah, yeah. and then John Walker's really mean to you, and you cry. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> I would have cried. Yeah, well, I mean, I I would have been really mad. Like, I just like I don't know. Like, I, I do. I wasn't on. Like, I know that you guys just talked about that on the level and stuff, but I was talking about it in the forum thread and everything. Like, I don't want I don't want anybody to not be treated like a person, I guess. Yeah. Anything. Like, it's like, yes, he he is... I think that he is, does have kind of, like... I think he has a problem setting any kind of expectation for himself and holding himself accountable. Like, mm-hmm. I have no particular love for him, and I don't... I'm not even, like, that into his games. Like, I like Dungeon Keeper, and that's about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... So I'm not. I have no affection for him. It just like felt like this is not getting anywhere. This can't. There's no good that can come with this. Like, what was going to happen? Peter Molyneux was going to be like, "Yep, I am a liar and terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> you got me." Like, I don't understand what he wanted to have happen. You know, like it just. It didn't. I don't know. It felt like weirdly Fox Newsy to me. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was aiming for like a therapy type breakdown where Peter Molyneux starts <laughs> like crying. Like a WWF episode. Like, builds himself. <laughs> Yeah, get gets them to do a to come back. Like that's not the like the way to do it though. Like that's it's so weird. And then the the forum thread turned into shit oh my for like God, two weeks right around there. Yeah. You know, and then just like people so mad at the idle thumbs guys, which like again just people like people who I have no affection for necessarily, but don't want to see treated like garbage. Yeah, you know, I don't want anyone to be treated like garbage. And like just people like you guys really fucked up. Uh, fuck up! Like they're just saying stuff on a podcast. They have different opinions than you. <laughs> I must have to the thumbs guys too. Again, I didn't listen to it. Did you listen to it, Cole? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they basically said what we said, which is it, it, it that 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 probably wasn't the best way to do what they did, and mm. they as developers wouldn't want to be they they as developers and former press a wouldn't want to be talked to like that, and b see serious problems with that flavor of journalism and don't see any real merit to the approach. I mean, mm. like, 
when people hear that, though, they, they all they say is Peter Mullen. All, all that they hear is Peter Mullen didn't didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, and that's not that doesn't necessarily follow. Right. Yeah, that's think, the, that's no, the way they act. Good. Yeah, I was just gonna say no one's arguing that like, you know, he shouldn't be accountable. Right. right. Like I feel like no one's letting him off the hook. It's just you know not a good way of putting him on the hook. Just maybe we don't literally cut his balls off. Yeah. and kill his dog. Yeah. Right? yeah. We're, we're also, and, and this was a thing, and this was a surprising thing, a thought to pop into my head, was like, if people have decided that, like, I'm not a free market guy, but if, like, people have decided they have faith in it, and, like, they think he'll eventually put out a thing, you know, like, what if, so it's out now, and it's not very good, like, Godus, right? Like, right. it's possible for someone to create a game and have it, you crowdfund it, and it's not very good. Mm-hmm. That is an inherent risk, I think, to this platform. You know, and yeah. if he actually he says he's going to keep working on it, if that's true, great. You know, he's doing it super slow, and that is obnoxious. You know, um, but it's it's it like feels like it's between the people who funded it and like, um, I don't know, like they could be mad about that, but I do feel like there is a weird little element of risk. Yeah, I feel like if you back a Kickstarter, you have to like that's that's money that has left you. Like, how does that go? If you love something, let it go, and if it comes back to you, like, if you love a Kickstarter, give it your money, and if someday you get something in return, then it was meant to be. Yeah. yeah. And if not, just go on with your life. It's so it's so personality-driven. Like, it, it's like you, you do Kickstarter stuff because you don't want the, the spigot to turn off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this person, I want this person to be able to keep making stuff. Yeah. You know, and that that's all there is to it. So enough people wanted him just to be able to do this, follow whatever this misguided muse that, you know, far exceeds his grasp, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and I don't know. Like, it just doesn't it doesn't bother me as much. And I haven't been burned by it, so maybe I don't have this personal yeah. stake. But if I did, I, it'd be hard for me to imagine, like, you know, having that stake and then simultaneously just being like, fuck this guy. You know, he deserved <laughs> everything that happened to him. I want to see him like the you know a subject of the dinner party scene in the office. You know, just this, like awkward. <laughs> oh my I got chills when you said dinner party scene from the office. <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes of any television series. It's so good. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. Well, like it's an it's an expectations game, right? You have to walk in with your with your expectations set right, and that sort of breaks down a little bit with Molyneux because he has decades of experience hacking that part of people's brains. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's that's the, that, that that's a little bit of, you know, the 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 oil that he coats himself with. I well, like when you say that like I guess it comes down to whether you actually like think that like he is literally a con man or if he just he believes things and has no you know, no good ability to to actually accurately gauge his abilities. Yeah. Um and I tend towards the latter. Yeah. Uh, but that could be me being naive, but like I Tend not to think of people as just being, yeah, con men. I could be wrong. Like I mean, like, one hundred percent. But I think the latter also. I think he needs a handler. I think they should like take him and put him in a jar somewhere, and he can just constantly be having ideas like Peter Molyneux, and yeah. then some of them <laughs> his team like Molyneux, yeah. <laughs> which was. Yeah. Uh, I think put him in a jar. Can make. You're doing this, and it made me think yeah. you're swimming through it. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it we make Peter Molyneux into a mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> like an octopus mermaid. Yeah. So we have to send Peter Molyneux to the to to the island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah. Dr. Yes. Dr. Moreau. The island of Doctor Molly Rowe. 
<laughs> or like he gets halfway, he gets halfway transformed, and that's it. Like they just, like, <laughs> this is what you get for delivering three years too late an update. Yeah. <laughs> you <should get> burned. <laughs> yeah. Like, like what you said, Stark accordingly. Like you're you're investing almost like in not investing, but like throwing money at somebody's personal story. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in a lot of ways, like. I have one. I, I just filled out a little my, my my address info. The the lead singer of Ockerville River um, is doing a like like a movie, like a like a musical short kind of thing called Down Down the Deep River. And you know I've seen the test footage. Like it looks perfectly fine as like a movie that somebody is making about their hometown and the nostalgia that they have for like what it was like in the eighties. And you know like a story about like kids and getting lost in the woods and like it's it looks perfectly fine. I'm probably not gonna like be crazy about the movie, but I mm-hmm. want him to do cool stuff. So I'm like, I will give you seventy five dollars and I will get the soundtrack for this, which I will listen to voraciously on a on a USB drive that looks like an NES cartridge. Like that's awesome. That's, like that is a perfectly fine exchange for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's it, it it's such a case by case thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm happy we, that it's there to give people who have ideas a way to get stuff out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's great. Like you, for every like, there's like, you know, there's potato salad guy, Zach Braff, Peter Molyneux. Like there's yeah. only like a handful of shitty things that have come out of it. Like it is. How a, did potato a, salad guy shake down eventually? He ended up giving the money to charity, but I think he was like shamed into it. Like, okay. I feel like he never would have if people didn't start calling him out on it. Yeah. Uh, he gave the money to charity and then quickly got, I think, like, a job in, like, SEO and, you know, marketing yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah. like, that, like that, that was the end game for that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really, really elaborate resume. Yeah. He was, he was <laughs> a, a, a proto the oatmeal. Yeah. 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 Proto oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a bunch of stocks of oats. Like I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, Brent Randall asks, "I know everybody here is somewhat of a bad game connoisseur, uh, but have there been any moments you can recall that were so bad they uh, left you laughing until you choked?" Hmm. Hmm. I, I mean, so. Can I count the, 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 the scene in Deadly Premonition when you're sitting down for breakfast at the hotel and that and the whistle song comes up and it's louder than all the dialogue? Like, I love that game a lot and that is a big reason why. Like it was the moment why I knew I was gonna be in love with it. So I'm gonna say yes that but it feels a little bit disingenuous for the spirit of the yeah. question. Which is like I don't I don't consider that a bad moment necessarily. Consider yeah. that like an awesome moment of deliberate terribleness. Hi, kitty. There's Rollers. He's Hi. super stressed because of the move. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Um, but yeah, he wants some attention, so I'm. He's a little cuddle bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's intentional, but also like, you know, it was in, it was trying to be bad. Yeah. It was intentional, but intentionally like awkward or what have you. So I think it counts. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna say that. Yeah. Um, is, is, that's tricky because we, since we do abject suffering, most of the intentionally bad games I play are for, because of that. Um, so, and those are like you, you approach it differently. That. And like every once in a while, I'll buy like a, a Steam game uh, co-op to play, and it'll be really bad, um, but not in a funny way. Yeah. 
The last like, really bad game I played just made me angry. Yeah, like yeah, me too. Like there was like like the revelations or something like that, which is like a Left 4 Dead if instead of zombies there are Mayans. Um, <laughs> is this Indigo Prophecy? <laughs> pretty much, like it's, it's like the Indigo Prophecy FPS. Um, there are different classes of Mayans, and like they have different powers. Yeah. <laughs> it's really offensive and awful. But like I was just historical like, people, like where. People still like are touched by that heritage. Let's just mow them down. Okay. Cool. Yeah, just mow them down in droves and have them dress like witch doctors. It was bad. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Like, it was it was gross. But I, mean, I guess that was funny. But it was mostly I was just like, this is a terrible game and stupid, and like not funny the way I thought it would be. Like I was like, this 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 is on sale. This will be funny to play Dumb Left for a Dead clone, and it, it wasn't that funny. Yeah. What was the last bad game you played, Jenny? It was an indie game called Don't Move. You had um, basically two buttons that did anything. You were a ninja in a hallway with some candles, and you had a left and a right. And the thing was, like, you would run for a little while down the hallway, and then you would die and respawn in the center of the hallway. And that was the entirety of the, like, movement mechanics. And then they introduced... um, So they were tracking numbers related to you running down this hallway and then you had to make these numbers go up and then when you got a certain amount of distance they introduced like a coin system that was functionally identical to distance because coins would now drop in the hallway and you had to collect a certain number of coins and then I think there were about eight of these numbers that went up and then you had to get like eight little achievements that would have been fun except there was no indication of what you had to do during the achievements or when you got them what you had done during the achievements. So I wound up having to Google like the last two. Is your back itchy, Gary? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm listening. I just fucked <laughs> my back after. <laughs> no, that's fine. I just never actually seen anyone use one of those things in real life. It's telescopes. <laughs> it does. Wow, that's awesome. Oh, it's like one of those metal garden rake ones. Yeah, it's all neat. That again for the listeners, I or for for the viewers. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very beautiful <laughs> object. And you can scratch anything. Like. It's scratching your head too. Yeah, it's, Man, it, it really works on everything. Yeah. <laughs> this so, so don't move sounds like a. Like like a very misinform like a very misguided attempt to make an action based don't shit your pants. Yeah, I'm well, no, not sure. Your pants is were... a adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, don't yeah. shit your pants yeah. is really good. Yeah, don't, don't disparage. <laughs> don't shit your pants. What's that? Yeah. Let's not disparage. Don't shit your pants. I'm not. I'm not. Like it's it's a misguided ver- it's a misguided action oh. version of a good thing that is in a different genre. The, yeah. the, the, the like, uh, achievements being hidden and like the game being the meta game kind of thing. Yeah, it felt like a clicker that you have to play by leaning on a button, which <sighs> at one point I um this was when I still knew where my table mic was. I actually rigged up my table mic so that it was leaning on the right arrow button so that I didn't have to press the stupid thing anymore because this took like, I think it was like 45 minutes of my life and a dollar. And normally I would not be, because I've done, I've done really stupid things with 45 minutes and a dollar. <laughs> this just made me so mad. Um, Braden was playing that a couple weeks ago at game night. And he was just like, I can't really figure it out. But then that's all I heard about it. Uh, I don't think he was super into it either. Yeah. 
I would like to meet someone who really likes it just to have them explain that thought process to me. That's, that's like a service I would like to have. Yeah. Like I, I'm always just like, like when um, we talked about it in the most recent show because I was talking about Kingdom Hearts where it's like I know people who who like that game and like that series and who are people who I like and trust but like I can't, they can't articulate it in a way that makes sense to me. Like it's like a different language they're trying to say the things that they like about it and like that could be not profound at all but the idea of like uh, here's a website where someone will explain why something is cool is a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Appeal.com? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good idea. Like, yeah. Appeal of this. Um, Appeal.horse. Nobody who's listening <laughs> take that idea, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, and this is, this is going to sound like a Bill Maher thing, but another idea I had for like an app or a website um, is now that I am on Twitter, um, I am like con- contractually obligated to be angry like 90% of the time, like every time I look at my phone, it's like, and sometimes I don't know what people are mad about, like, no. uh, like, and I really want something that was just like, what, yeah. are, what are all my friends pissed about? Why is like, everyone like, yelling .com? Yeah, exactly, like, everyone, there's all this, like, stop Wadha thing, and I, I oh, figured it yeah. out eventually, but I didn't, I was just like, who's Wadha? And I went to his timeline, and he's just arguing with people, but there's no content to the argument, and yeah. as previously I said, like, I want to know what people's sides are and things before... You know, yeah, um, I have that problem too. Because on Twitter, it's just like everyone. Why does everyone think this yeah. about Lee Alexander? And I'm like, okay, what did Lee Alexander do now? Yeah, I'm just kind of like I just want to storify for everything. Like, just explain <laughs> to me what happened in a timeline fashion. You know, um, Slate did a great thing uh, towards the end of last year, or towards the beginning of this year. It was the 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 year of 2014 in outrage, mm. and it was an oh, wow. interactive. An interactive calendar that, like, each day, what was the thing people were most pissed about on social media? Wow. That's, would, that's, that's good. You, you would bounce amazing. over it and, like, have, like, little pop-ups, you know, like, like you know, like nice responsive pop-ups that would say, okay, this happened on this day. People got really upset. I went back to, like, March. I was like, is this the same world that we're living in? Mm. It was just really bizarre. Yeah, what were people mad about in March? Was, like, yeah. Starbucks closed? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, all the Starbucks went away. <laughs> yeah, as, so I like. I wonder if that's something that they run. I'd, I'd have to check and see if there's just something you can check and see. Okay, what was the thing that made people really angry yesterday? Yeah. Um, that that way you don't have to be exposed firsthand all of the stuff that's going to make you really upset. I mean, it, like it doesn't like it, it's on me to for my mental health to avoid that stuff or deal with it as sure. I would. But sometimes I'm just curious. I just want to know what the story is. Yeah, for sure. Without being like, hey, hey, guys. What's everybody mad about? You know, especially yeah. like if it's something that you be concerned and sensitive to do that. Like people are yeah. there are issues of, of you know real issues. It's one of those things that like I really like uh, know your meme. Mm. Yeah, as a site, like as I as 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 I you know slouch toward being my own version of an old man who doesn't know what based means. I still have never figured <laughs> out what based means. It's from I a looked rock. it up. It's it's. It's cool. You're a cool guy who gets the poontang, I think. Okay. Yeah. okay. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> poontang is a specific kind of tang that operates uh, fly and land in water. <laughs> so you've heard of astronaut tang. This is mm-hmm. this is for 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 people who it's amphibious. Yeah, amphibious it's, tang for people who fly around the glades. <laughs> Yeah. Pontoon Poontang. Yeah. So, yeah, Pontoon Poontang. 
<laughs> just know your meme uh, for, uh, for 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 things that actually matter. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two good website ideas. <laughs> they go there. great we together. Have, we yep. could we could have made millions. Yep. But now it's all gonna be Alan to rear. <laughs> Curse you! <laughs> Ryan Skersha asks, uh, "What is each of your favorite '90s songs?" Gary, you teenage dirtbags. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll let you guys answer first because I'm a professional '90s song. Uh, <laughs> now, so. You know, just play one on TV. Yeah, no longer. Each <laughs> one. Oh, People don't know this. Gary only exists on VH1. I love the 90s. Um, that's not true. I, do, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to let Jenny go first. Uh, oh, this is so hard. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say what is love <laughs> so I don't have to keep thinking about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. let, me, let, me, let me see here. I need to... Oh, iTunes, the the interface sucks on iTunes now. I can't search by genre. Um, if I'm being honest with myself, and this could be a really bland, predictable answer, um, I'm going to say Everlong by, like, number of times I've listened to it. So, so yeah, I'm going to be really boring and say that. Also, uh, if we're going by crazy music videos, um, directed by Michel Gondry, who would go on to oh. direct... Uh, a bunch of Beck videos and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and it has Dave Grohl with a massive hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and back in focus there. So yeah, I'm gonna be boring yeah. and say that. Michelle Gondry is awesome, though. Good choice. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, <laughs> Gary. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Freaks by Live. <laughs> Um, so I don't, I don't know the the because uh, there's there's teenage dirtbag ones which are actually bad for the most part. Um, like so, my actual favorite song that came out in the '90s, like all of the great Guided by Voices albums came out in the '90s. You know, but those aren't like '90s songs. Right. So like, if I'm thinking of like '90s songs, um, uh, "Your Woman" by White Town, I think is a really good song. Oh, that's a really good song. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good single. Um, yeah. I can't remember uh, if AI is 90s or if that's like 2000, but that's a weird pop. I think pop it's 2000. Now. I think it's 2000 yeah. exactly. Hey, hey, a pro, pro. That's a that's a pop masterpiece. Yeah. That's a, that's a pop song written in like 30 years. Is so Republica's cool. ready to go late 90s or early 2000s? I think Republica is 90s. Yeah. Because like, they're Republica and then Elastica. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Time and and both those, those are good 90s songs. Yeah. Republica Angry is Johnny. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. Which song was that? Angry Johnny by Poe. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, Hey Pretty. But that would have been 2000s. Yeah. yeah was that, that 2000s? Been, yeah, that, that would have been 2000. That still counts. Okay. I, I'd that's say Poe was a 90s, 90s-esque. So, so, so now we're getting into, like, what is the definition of 90s? Which <laughs> <laughs> seems like it should be real cut and dry. What's that? <laughs> it seems like it should be real cut and dry. Yeah, I think <laughs> we need to be technical with this. way to measure years. <laughs> uh, my favorite 90s song is Choo Choo Go by Obsidian's in Bad Lip Reading. <laughs> it sounds like very 90s. I like the, I like the phrase Obsidian's. Yeah, it's a good... I have no idea if this is a real band or what. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I know the Republica is a 90s band because it's referenced a couple times on the Venture Brothers. Hmm. Yeah, and that is very much in their in their purview. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, as far as, uh, yeah, 90s-ass 90s songs, and then there's also songs that came out in the 90s. It's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all of Sloan's had good good work happened in the 90s, too. So. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God, Ace of Base. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and um, most of the good They Might Be Giants albums were in the 90s, too. Yeah, yeah. Flood, 1990. R.E.M.? Uh, other good albums yeah. in the 90s? Like, I mean, 90s were a great decade for music if you ignore the 90s music. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but I mean, every decade is a good decade for music. Right. Like, that's such, a, that's such a ridiculous thing to say, like, whenever anyone says something like that. Like, oh, it's a good decade for games. Like, it's a good decade for movies. Like, every single decade. Like, a decade's so big. Yeah. Are, even even down to a year. Like, it's it's a good year for movies. Like, all, move, all years are good years for movies. Yeah. Like, every year... 10 or 12 good movies come out, you know? Yeah. How many movies are you seeing? What yeah. people are saying for that is, it was a good year for other people recognizing the thing that I like. Yeah. Mm. You know? Because, mm. yeah. like, plenty of really good music came out in, like, the like between 2000 and 2010, but, like, the, 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 the I don't even know what the prevailing notion of, like, what was popular during that decade is. Mm. You know? It's just, it's, it's just when it happens to line up with what you like. Yeah, you know, so, it's yeah. like trying to buy pants at the store. Yeah. Like, if you like boot cut, sometimes you go in and there's nothing but capri leggings. And yeah, then you have like to wait. Yeah, bad now. Yeah. You know, boot cut's back in, and you're like... Yeah, hey, and you're like, I just want to dress exactly like I dressed in high school. Yeah. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> it's not. I want to listen to what I listened to in college. Like... Yeah. And then stuff that sounds like what I listened to in college, very slowly making incremental, you know, reaches towards listening to ultimately a bunch of new stuff. Like, yeah, I, I get into like three bands a year. Yep. And yeah. then, and then they, then, but then they're in. Mm-hmm. Like, and then it's like I go yeah. to them, and then that's it. So three discographies per year. Yeah, and then that made it really hard. Like when I was on college radio, to like not just have every every two-hour show be the same, you know, 12 bands, mm. but just different songs off of them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was hard. Did you guys hear uh, Third Eye Blind is making a comeback in the college circuit? No. Yeah, that's a thing. Why specifically in the college circuit? Um, they think that it's rapid-cycling nostalgia. Mm. So old Third Eye Blind, like, they don't have, like, a new album. They had a new album in 2009. Huh. I was yeah. Googling Third Eye Blind for whatever... Oh, I was looking at the Summerfest lineup, because um, I'm moving back to Wisconsin. Hmm. So I want to know who's playing Summerfest. And at the very, very bottom, like under the guy who does the Kids Rock and the Red Hot Chili Puppets, <laughs> is uh, Third Eye Blind. That was the very last act. <laughs> but, they, but they didn't do, 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 do anything recently? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, they did. Full okay, stop. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait a minute. Third, third Eye Blind, they didn't have that song that was about uh, meth, doing meth, right? That is the yeah, song. that's the song okay, that you that just referenced. referenced. Yeah. Okay, and, and Vertical vertical Horizon, that they, they, they did You're a God. I don't know Vertical Horizon. I don't know Vertical like, Horizon. <laughs> Blind actually did a ton more songs than I remembered them doing, and I think that was my brain trying to protect itself mm-hmm. from, like, Jumper. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> Stop, graduate! That one? They yeah. did that oh, one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Edge, my friend. It's because any of their songs could literally segue into another one of their songs anymore. Yeah! <laughs> you could just go from the chorus of Jumper into and it would work perfectly. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you just go back and forth. It's like the Rocky theme in the Wedding March. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could never unhear that now. You know that, right? I know, yeah. Because it's, it's true. It's like, if I die tomorrow, it'll be the one true thing I've ever said. The one <laughs> inarguably true thing I've ever said. <laughs> we must all cling to those. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do another music-related one. Uh, okay. Cool. Sometimes you mention that video game music makes up some of what you listen to while working. I'm in this camp as well. What are your sources for quality video game music? This is a question for me. Sorry. Uh, um, I get a lot of it from the Humble Bundle, actually. Um, if you've bought anything from Humble, you can go in and check your library. There's a tab that goes for music, and just everything comes with its soundtrack now. It's it's great. <laughs> um, um, additionally, uh, Steam, uh, a lot of games now, if you're buying them on there, you can, like, for a dollar or so extra, just get the uh, get the soundtrack along with it. I mean, good old-fashioned, like, iTunes, like a bunch of, uh, a bunch of like, higher-profile games, um, even, like, high-profile indie games like Bastion or Journey. Um, yeah, uh, Super Brothers... Really Exactly. Yeah, it's like it, it's it's totally worth like the eight bucks or whatever. Um, like the like anything like uh, uh, Jim Guthrie does, uh, like mm-hmm. the, the Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. Those are all yeah. like pro pro buys on iTunes in order to get that's, that. That's real good too. Um, v v v v v v album. Yeah, yeah. What are your favorites? Phew, Machinarium. Actually, I've I've, mm. I've talked about this a lot. Gary uh, doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that way. Uh, but no, like Machinarium is my like I am I am I need something in my ears while I'm at work in our mm-hmm. crazy hellish open office where literally anybody can walk up and grab your attention at any time. Um is my way to drown everybody out. But yeah, Machinarium is a uh, is 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 my go to. It has an uh, an ungodly number of plays. Um how about you? Um, the V V V V V V soundtrack, and then the Sword and Sorcery soundtrack, and um, if if I don't mind mixing it up a little bit, Cave Story. Oh yeah, that's always fun because it's these like little one minute jingles a lot of the time, and it'll be really peppy. What's cool is um, uh, for, like for a lot of these, where if, if you're bothered by like the real short kind of track lengths, you can mm-hmm. go into OC Remix, and people do like really oh, faithful. Yeah. Like recreations, where like rearrangements of stuff, um, uh, like in an extended, like a like a more you know song length song, um, and those are really good as well. And those are almost universally free. I don't know if they charge for anything on OC Remix. Um, I think they I think they have some albums they put out from time to time, but yeah. if you just go to the site and play them on the site. Yeah, and like YouTube, YouTube is really good. Like pretty much, if you search any game plus OST, uh, you'll find a playlist. Uh, on YouTube that just runs through all of the songs. That's what that's mm-hmm. what I was gonna suggest is just doing all this stuff on YouTube because then you because like I, I have a couple like I like game soundtracks too. I just don't listen to ambient music as much, you know. So yeah. it's not like necessarily I'm working by listening to game soundtracks. And uh, if yeah, like just pretty much what Cole said, like YouTube is really great for it. Also, if you just find mixes, like um, sometimes I will be like, I feel like listening to like the sound of a Genesis. And you will just do like the top hundred Genesis songs, or like I feel like listening to the sound of a Commodore sixty four, and like it will just play, and you'll hear a lot of new stuff that way too. But that is more for like active listening as opposed to like work zoning out listening. Yeah. Sure. Isn't there that website that's like arcadeambience.com or something like that where you can just listen to oh, the sound man. of an arcade? Yeah, that, that's that not sounds the, amazing. 
that's not the the name of the website, but there is such a thing. Yeah. Uh, so you can fire up that in one tab and then do like hacker typer in the other tab and pretend <laughs> you're hacking in an arcade. Yeah. Hacker typer is just something I break out at work on occasion. <laughs> just to see yeah. if people are paying attention. Um, another uh, thing, a lot of video game music soundtrack people have Bandcamp pages that have pay what you oh, want yeah. for the yeah. records. That's how I got the Shovel Knight soundtrack. Um, because Steam wanted $10 for it. It's worth $10. But at the time, I, you know, I've been moving, so I've been trying to be a little bit more fiscally responsible. And mm-hmm. then on Bandcamp, it was pay what you want. And I was like, I'm going to give you 5 bucks for this because it's files... You know, like I want, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I that's why I was comfortable paying. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 So. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. But yeah, check your Humble Bundle. You might have a, a bunch of uh, um, winter jacket money um, in the form of video games hanging around, or video game music hanging around that you didn't know you had to your name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's hear Brad Carey asks, um, or tells us, <laughs> talk, talk about a time uh, when you hit a challenge, slash puzzle, slash stage, etc., in a video, video game that was way more confounding than it had any right to be. Could be your <laughs> fault or the game's. I have one. Good. I spent, like, three hours, I think this must have been, I think my first playthrough through Final Fantasy VII must have been before Game Facts because there's that scene, like that flashback um, in Niflheim, mm-hmm. or Nibelheim, or whatever that town is called, where you just have to turn a valve, like walk up to one of those, yeah, vat things in the vat room, and press A, and mm-hmm. I somehow missed that I had to do that and spent like three hours walking back and forth through this town looking for oh. the thing that I needed to do. And that wasn't even a puzzle. It was terrible. <laughs> I just wanted to show you a picture of Genova before you can yeah. move on. Like, yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? It's hard because my like my my off the cuff answer for this would be something that does have a right to be that hard, which is basically anything with Riven. Um, mm. I played that when I was way too young to kind of like grasp what it was and like. You, you, you come to that from Mist, where every little islander age has its own uh, kind of like puzzle that you know within it that you're trying to solve, as opposed to Riven, which is a big puzzle that is spread across yeah. a, a bunch of different places. And so, like you know, that is a mixture of it was intentionally that hard and baffling, and it was also you know probably poorly signposted. Sure. It, so it was like a little bit of like shared fault between us. I had that problem that Zach was talking about where you don't know if you actually have everything you need to solve the puzzle or not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Um, How about you, Gary? Uh, like, I don't want to say the same things I always say, but like I've complained about the end of Chrono Cross before, um, which yeah. is oh, really God. for me to complete because I'm colorblind. So like you just can't beat that game. <laughs> um, that was an immense amount of trial there to beat that game. Trial there. Um, until I figured out that I just did a random collection of moves and spells that were in the right color order. Oh, no. To, uh, wow. Um, I did beat that game, which is probably why I wonder how much bad will I have for that game actually just comes from the ending. Um, but, there, I mean, the rest of the stuff is all color-focused, too, because that's the way they do the I was going to say, how did, how did every combat go for you being colorblind? Probably, probably pretty bad. Um, you know, I hate JRPGs now. I'm sure <laughs> I have to do it. Um, and I feel like that's the game's fault. Um, but we don't need to harp on accessibility because that's something that we talk about a lot. 
Yeah. Um, I remember having um, what ultimately turned me towards the iOS version of 999, mm-hmm. um, which I'm enjoying, um, was the Steam Room puzzle in the DS version, which I think is bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got mad at it, and I spent a lot of time, and I was like, I just want to know this. This is a bad integration of puzzle and narrative. Like, I want more of this narrative, and you are putting this up as just a block. These two things are really separated and have nothing to do with each other. And that made me really mad, and like kind of put me off the game for, for a while. That's where I stalled in my second playthrough um, of it and never got all the rest of the endings. Then I started from the top with the iOS version. Yeah. So. That, that is a big reason why, like, you know, just thinking back on it, I was even thinking about it today because I got uh, Danganronpa um, mm-hmm. here. And, you know, like, oh, the, you know, just, like, visual novels and just the, the, the game book discussion. I mean, thinking about it, I really, really think that I like Virtue's Last Reward a lot better than 999 for almost that exact reason. Like, the the, the way that they merge the two sides of the gameplay, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a lot more conscientious, I think, even if even if I might like the story in 999 just like a, a, a smidge better, like mm-hmm. it is a better experience overall that, you know, I don't think would be heightened if you took the, the puzzle side out of it. The um, I was talking with Bob on Twitter because he just wrote a thing um, on US Gamer, um, mildly criticizing. Like, I don't want to make anybody sound like, like we're all rational people, so nobody was like, he slammed the, you know, we threw down the gauntlet on, you know, we were just talking, <laughs> but he was um, criticizing uh, Telltale's recent efforts for being kind of samey and not being very puzzly. Mm. And to my mind, I really like that, because that's, it feels like a lot of times, even when we go back and play adventure games for the show, like I have to look at them through racist grandpa land lenses, you know, where it's like, it sure. is that, like, it is really hard not to ruin pacing with it. Like, if you're just, like, I'm going through and enjoying this story, and all of a sudden I have to do this thing that I have to figure out, like, it is uh-huh. not always helpful. And we came across that when we did The Longest Journey and when we did Monkey Island 2. Like, we both ran into examples of, like, boy, I want more of this world and characters, mm-hmm. and this puzzle can go fuck itself. Yeah. Um, and, inter- and, like, I feel like, I mean, you can, you can say that, like, the new Telltale style is not your thing, but, like, the streamlining of just being like, you know what, narrative is what these games, like, if you want narrative in these games, this is that. Um, so how, how do you guys feel about games getting easier overall, like all the stuff that Blizzard's doing with World of Warcraft for accessibility and um, everyone outlawing, you know, like the single pixel puzzle and the cat hair mustache and the sudden death stuff and basically a lot of the time having giant arrows to where you're supposed to go. <laughs> how do you... How do you feel about that overall? Do you miss harder, like, Nintendo hard stuff, or do you play enough of that? <laughs> I think Nintendo hard stuff comes out. Like, you, you find it in games that are that are kind of meant for it. I don't like being... I'm glad that I no longer get blindsided by it. You know, is kind of my thing. Like, it is... I, I don't want to have just an arrow on the floor that tells me where to go all the time. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's obnoxious. Um... You know, I'm I'm with you, but like the single pixel stuff and the cat hair mustache stuff, I'm happy that it's it's gone. Like I don't like that stuff. Um, but for like Nintendo hard stuff, like you just you play like what is it, like Castle in the Darkness just came out, the Nicholas game. It's a really fun, really hard Nintendo platformer. Um, Thousand know, One Spikes. Thousand One Spikes, yeah, or um, uh, Shovel Knight. You know, something like that. Like you can find that stuff now, and there are people doing it. I just don't like I like it that that's not the the standard. The other end of the spectrum, like I don't really play Blizzard stuff that just kind of like does that stuff, so it's easy enough to avoid. I don't mm-hmm. begrudge anybody if they want it, though. 
Like uh, people people got real mad about um, Mario Galaxy Two because uh, if you die enough times, like they'll literally will beat the game level for you. Oh, uh, seriously? Yeah, like there's a little um, a princess shows up who will like take over your like possess you and send Mario through the loops of doing what you need to do. Uh, to beat the level for you, and like at first I was like everyone was kind of irritated, and I was like, yeah, that's stupid. And then I was like, oh wait, no, it's 100% optional. Who cares? Like, if somebody like if you're playing the game and you don't get to experience more of it because you're stuck, like it's your money. Sure. If you want to do it, do it. You know, you're yeah. not. You're, you know, if you decide to do that, you're not hurting me to do that. You know. I guess it depends at what point that happens. You know, like if it's yeah. the first time you die or start to get stuck, and the princess is like. No, this happens. It's like it's like ten times or something like that. Like okay. I want to I want to opt into it or have the ability to opt out of it. And games have like kept track of suck factor for like fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Like actually, like you watched how much you've died and you know subtly ratcheted back the amount of challenge that they're throwing at you. I'm currently playing through an as of yet unannounced game um, for for a show, and it's very obviously doing stuff like that. You know, to, 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 to make that happen. And so I prefer when it's a little bit out of the way, but ultimately I'm playing games for a breadth of experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's you just like if I have control over over how much of that I get in any given, you know, in any, any given side of it, I don't begrudge a game for, you know, wanting to hold my hand or get me over this. I think that that's just conscientious and good design. Um, and you know, especially if you can opt out of it. I'm thinking like, um, like uh, the Majora's Mask remake for the uh, for the 3DS that you know adds some stuff that fundamentally changes the way the time cycle works. But mm-hmm. I think it I think it works because you know this is a portable game. You need to pick it up. You know, drop it down. You know, put put put, put it down. But um, you can you can opt out of it. You can you you can treat it just like it was the N sixty four game, and then it becomes a willpower thing. And in the mm-hmm. Super Mario Galaxy example, yeah, you know you die ten times, and the princess shows you how to do it. Well, then you go and do it. If you yeah. wanted if you wanted to beat it, if you wanted to get the collectibles beyond that, like fine, like that that doesn't take the game away from you. Yeah, like the the one of the big examples or early examples, like I remember the Vita Chambers in Bioshock. Which like they added in the ability to turn that off, which I think is a great move. Like that should have been in the game from the beginning, but it's not a crime against nature that the Vita Chambers were there in the first place. Right. I mean, how do you feel? You asked the question, Jenny. Oh, I I mean, I'm getting older. <laughs> you know, I think I think it's you guys who talk about realizing that we're going to die. <laughs> we do that a lot. We're just fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I was worried. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I kind of don't mind um, being babied a tiny bit through a game experience these days. Because I, you know, I have more than one game that I'm going to play in a six-month period yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Uh, let's see here. A little bit of follow-up. Brian Skirsha says, Winner, a few dozen soundtracks on the Humble Bundle site. Thanks. Oh, awesome. Yay! Yeah. Enjoy those things you bought a while ago. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> uh, let's let's see here. Uh, um, Noah, 
Um, again, chimes in to say, for PC gamers, Steam has long been the place to go to for easily accessible, reasonably priced games, uh, all neatly stored in a single client. Uh, do you think this has been useful or harmful in terms of creativity and original game development? Uh, like, super useful. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I mean, like, most stuff that comes out through Greenlight is, you know, that's a whole different discussion, but, like, you know, it's a big, any kind of platform for getting stuff out there is good. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that there's more competition, because, like, itchy.io mm-hmm. um, oh, God. You know, is kind of a yeah. thing, you know, and then um, all the bundles and stuff. I like uh, it theoretically. I wish it wasn't called that, because it makes me itchy. <laughs> and because I don't actually know how to spell it. Like, I just know it. It's like, I think it's itch.io. I think it's just itch.io. Okay. Uh, now I'm, I need to borrow your back scratcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like looking at insulation. <laughs> For the listeners, Gary just waved his back scratcher at the camera. <laughs> but now yeah. that I got it, if I'm going to do the crime, I might as well do the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I could oh, see an yeah. argument for Steam being like a the rich get richer kind of thing. Like, yeah. oh, you know, you're 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 a, you're a super successful game developer who already has mm-hmm. a popular game, so it's going to be featured. But I think that it's it's far better than like the iTunes Store, which I think is actually really hurting people who want to develop for that platform. The way that yeah. they handle discoverability, right? But like, Steam has just the right amount of like enforced social. Um, side of it and kind of this enforced algorithm. I was kind of down on the new Steam experience and then mm-hmm. kind of watching what you did and checking out your preferences and whatever. But ultimately, it's came out for the good um, in terms of showing me kind of like non-standard stuff that I wouldn't see. And they have, they generally have a good mix of big and small titles um, that match up really well. And like the primary way that I discover games on Steam is by that little pop-up in the corner of my screen, seeing my friends play cool stuff. You know, just like I discover new games, you know, a lot of the time by seeing my friends talk about them on Twitter or hearing people talk about them on podcasts like that. That has been a great way for me to discover new stuff. And so, you know, as somebody who's on the consumption side of that, thinking about somebody on the production side, um, you know, how do they spread the word like that? That I think is kind of a, a natural and organic way to make that happen. So I think it's super positive. Yeah. I wish that green light was not the potential effector for bullying that it is. Yeah. Yeah, it has become a weird cheerleading thing and like or whatever the reverse of cheerleading is. Uh cheer following? Cheer following, yeah. <laughs> Melancholy uh, following? Yeah. Cheerleading. Let's say cheerleading. Oh, that's cheerleading. Good. That's good. Cheerleading's pretty good. Um, yeah. Okay, can can you elaborate on that like the potential for bullying and are we talking like the the depression quest thing or Yeah, um even since the depression quest thing was uh, Rihanna Wu's thing. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, which eventually did get greenlit. But... Yeah, there was a whole yeah. bunch of, you know, just people shooting it down. And then also the reverse happens where, like, uh, internet men will greenlight things regardless out of spite, which happened uh-huh. with Patriot, which was the big thing with that, yeah. and then pressured them with that. So, like, the weird, the politics behind it. But that, I, th- I feel like that's, like, not in... Uh, Part of Steam, I think it's part of gaming culture right now, and Steam is part of gaming culture, and like, yeah, that stuff will sh- will pass or at least lessen to a deafening roar, and then, a, uh, you know, then it will kind of calm down. Yeah, it, the, the, it is like the double side of that social element. Like, there's a social element, so people can say whatever they want. People are gonna say shitty things. Yep. Yeah. I don't. I I actually. Support 
support hatred being on the store and having made it through the process just because like if I'm going to go to bat for free speech I have to go to bat for shitty Nazi free speech also yeah. or I'm an asshole but I, I, I do wish that we lived in a world where people would not have made that game and people don't wouldn't have wanted to play it I don't, I don't see it as a free speech thing like, it's not like a public platform, like a government mm-hmm. sponsor. Thing. Like, Steam can curate how they wish, and I think that yeah, it's true. a thing for them to be mindful about what they provide. Yeah. No one is saying that it's illegal to make hatred. If Steam took it off the store, they would just put it up on their own site or what have you, or yeah. they'd figure out some way to distribute it. But to me, like, it says something that Steam is like, yes, we want to sell this, you know? Um, yeah. Like, I've, I never, I've never thought of it in terms of free speech or not. Like... Um, <laughs> Like if you want to, if you want to take that to its extreme, it's you know Valve's um, you know free speech to decide what they what they do and don't tacitly endorse by putting it on the on the thing. I, yeah. I agree with you, Jenny. Like you know to a certain extent, uh, I mean I'm stealing a line from Zach on Video Games Hot Dog when they were talking about this. You know your conviction is only as strong as you know how much you hold it up when it's inconvenient for you. Yeah. You know. And so it's kind of like, yeah, it's 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 hard. That's one of those few instances where the hypocrisy thing can 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 cut the other way. Uh, but uh, I can still discourage people from buying it and say that it is a bad thing. Sure. You know. Yeah. Well, th- this was a weird thing too because I, I the people who are into it like I do some of the my doubt some of the genuineness of people who actually voted yeah. it forward. Like I th- also think it is a weird kind of. Um, you know, uh, show, you know, show, like show of force or like mm-hmm. you know, show of spite. There's an element of that to it too. Yeah, like, it is, definitely. It's a, like it's a weird element. Like it is, and I would never like argue that it should be illegal for that to for that to game to exist like in a million years. But yeah. you know, did have either of you? Um, I know Cole hasn't. Jenny, have you played uh, Revolution sixty? I haven't. I haven't either. I don't like how it looks. But I mm. like. I, it sounds like something I would like, and and she seems like somebody who would be worth supporting. But I think the character designs are like almost as bad as the God of War ones, <laughs> or not God of War, Gears uh, of War ones, yeah. just in the other direction. Like, I think they're really bad character designs. Yeah, I I I, tr- I tried very very hard to play it, again because mm-hmm. I would like to support Brianna Wu. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I I like. I even liked the writing. It's just really hard, you know, yeah. to, to to get past those visuals. You know, like, you know, and we're looking at like a game that is based on like characters and writing, and it's awesome that there are, you know, female characters and stuff. The 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 look is a part of that, you know, determining yeah. like whether or not you will identify with them and whether or not you will just, you know, want to see them on the screen. Like that is that's a pretty fundamental thing to that experience. I think it's a fundamental yeah. thing to any games. Like you want to look at cool stuff. Yeah. You know, like I like I like games where the characters look cool, to me. Sure. You know. <laughs> Yeah. I had a moment last night. I went to an IGDA meeting, and they, um, someone was on Twitch was playing Diablo on the big screen and just going like through their character selection, and it was all chainmail bikini, chainmail bikini. I was like, I, I suddenly feel less welcome in this space. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's Diablo for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is Diablo. Man, I... Uh... You know, I was about to—I was about to tell a story that would possibly get me fired. Oh, <laughs> 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 I 
How about you just spoil the yog instead? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like to from yog go. It, it had to do with a client, so I will not. I, I will not say it. But it related. Was it Blizzard? Yes, it was Blizzard. I walked in. I walked into Blizzard's offices and I saw a bunch of the crappy um, video game character, like the the concept art for the characters, and it was mm-hmm. like, man, they're just really putting this cleavage up all around, and everybody seems okay with it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so Blizzard, shame on you. Yeah. I got to go to Blizzard right before Diablo 3 came out when they were making jokes about how it was going to be the Rainbows and Kittens edition because the colors were so bright. So people had, someone had made like coloring book sheets mm-hmm. and sent it home with all the employees' kids and they had colored in all these Diablo rainbows and unicorns and stuff and hung it on the walls. And that's it was cute. real cute. <laughs> I think that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to play the okay. I about said I would like to play the kittens and rainbows versions of Diablo, uh, but that would just be a brony mod. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to be careful with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the '90s songs and songs from the '90s. Like, would it be a brony version, or would it just contain like, or would it be like a brony version? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my one Shadowrun, one of my favorite tabletop games, when the 5th edition came out and they were selling the pre-sale, they have a Brony edition of it, which I saw at PAX. I was just like, oh, Shadowrun Brony edition? What that is makes no sense. Like, this is you know, murdering people in the future. Like, you know, it just, and it just had a different cover. Oh. And it felt very pandery. Like, Are there hacker ponies? I don't think the content is different at all. I think it's just the cover has like a cyberpunk My Little Pony on the front. Did oh. you get the sense that it was kind of a takeoff on uh, Fallout Equestria? Oh no, but that's that, that that's a real parallel there. To Slate. <laughs> Wait, there's a Fallout Pony game? Um, there's a, a, a not never ending Fallout fan fiction called Fallout Equestria, <laughs> which is a My Little Ponies Fallout crossover. Wow. <laughs> which is like super dark and you know, has all kinds of stuff to do with like sexual assault and swearing and it's like like hyper hardcore except everything is ponies. Yeah, and there's, it's like, uh, there's not very much sexual assault in actual Fallout. Like right. it's trying to be darker than Fallout. <laughs> fan fiction angle because fan fiction has to have sexual assault for some reason. <laughs> like it feels like. But yeah, but uh, if you if you want to if you want to uh, have a good time, just look up uh, Fallout Equestria on YouTube. People do like fan trailers and stuff. I think the actual like somebody paid to print out the entire. Uh, print and buy the entire Fallout Equestria. It was like 12,000 pages, something like wow. that. It was longer than the Dark Tower. I'll get right on that. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Don't mind if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Fire28SA uh, asks, which game or games currently take up most of your time, or do you find yourself, uh, or, or what games do you find yourself coming back to the most? Mm-hmm. How about you, Jenny? Um, let's see. It used to be Isaac. Yeah, I just started replaying 3D Dot Game Heroes, which mm-hmm. I bounced off the first time, and now I think I'm gonna probably hundred percent it. Cool. Yeah, how about you guys? Um, I, I also play Isaac, and I shouldn't because I've put, like, all together between all those games, like, a lot of time into it. But I can watch, like, if I, since I've been moving or if I'm stressed out, like, I can watch a YouTube and play Isaac with my hands and not pay that much attention to it. Like, it's, it's gotten real, like, nitty um, to me. 
Um, but then, and other than that, like not my non-assignment game I've been playing, and I'm almost done with. I'm going to finish it as soon as we get done streaming. Is uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, um, which is really great. So, thanks to uh, the Michael O'Connor. Somebody on Twitter uh, recommended that to me when I put out a call for like 3DS recommendations. It's really good. Yeah. So, mine has mostly just been assignment play. Like I haven't had a mainstay I've gone back to, um, like casually for a good long while. Um, yeah. I mean, aside from that, it's just stuff that I play, you know, non-assignment, you know, but not habitually. Like, oh, Professor Layden versus Phoenix Wright. That's really oh, good. Yeah. 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 But I, w- I wouldn't call it, like, you know, like a fixture. It's something I'm going to play in bed <laughs> and then, you know, leave when it's done. If you were going to sure. take that game and, and mark it down by percentage of what percentage of it is Layden and what percentage of it is Phoenix Wrighty, how would you do the split? It's so half and half, right? What's up? Yeah, it's it's like fifty fifty so far. I'm like uh-huh. in like chapter two or something like that. Yeah. Which one don't you want? Like, well, like, what's the maximum I, I, guarantee here? I like <laughs> I like Layton games more than I like Phoenix Wright games, yeah. while liking both of them. Right. So like, it, it's not like I dislike Phoenix Wright, but like, you know, Layton yeah. is what it is what you get. Like, I just know what you're going to get. Like, yeah. I like that about it. Whereas the Phoenix Wright games that I've played have been more variable. Like, yeah. sometimes, like, they'll be even down to a chapter level. It's like, I don't give a shit about any of these characters, you know? <laughs> like, I just have to struggle through this chapter. Um, whereas, like, Layden is always just going to be, I have 12 matchsticks. <laughs> great, you know, I'm, I'm always down for that. <laughs> the so. pacing on Layton versus Wright, at least I found to be just when I was getting really sick of a Layton game or a Wright game, it would switch. Hmm. Yeah. So, That's cool. I thought that was great. Yeah, I've been I've been happy with it. Like the only like the thing that kept me from diving into it right away was that I had just played and beaten uh, Dual Destinies over mm. the course of like a year, mm. <laughs> um, and I was a little bit uh, visual novelled out. But uh, I I came back to it in a big bad way, and that's been uh, that's been worthwhile. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's do um, one of Brett's here. Um, Brett Burnell. Brett Burdell, yo. Uh, sorry if you've gone over this elsewhere, but can you guys talk uh, talk us your editing process for your various shows? Which digital audio workspace do you work with? How long on average does it take to edit an episode of each show? Um, there, this continues, I believe. Um, it might be in the in the in the comment section. Yeah, sorry. Um, through the, like, there, that's a we we could give the Cliff Notes version. Um, yeah. There's a post I think because um, I think Brett's uh, well he's watching this so he's one of our patrons. So yeah. if you go to the backer blog and go back, I think we talked about that stuff early on. Yeah, the backer blog a lot. And I continue to put out like tips and tricks and life hacks. I'm sorry I lost the tail end of this of this uh, comment, Brett. <laughs> um, but I know you asked for like tips like that. That stuff is all is is all on there. I just did an, uh, an article slash a video about fades. Um, things like that. Uh, Cliff notes: We we spend less time editing than you or I would think, but still, it is a non-trivial uh, task in our uh, in our workflow. I think we wouldn't be able to do. We wouldn't have been able to add a bunch of shows if we didn't make editing easier through markers. Right. Because previously, the first year of Watch Out for Fireballs, editing was like I could count on spending like a day like, a, a healthy day doing it. Like, not necessarily eight hours, but, like, sometimes approaching as such, depending on how involved the, the sketch was, like, six hours yeah. um, doing it, which is a lot. 
Um, and a lot of times they would involve a real-time listen, and the shows got longer and longer. Um, to where now sometimes we do two-and-a-half-hour shows um, with a real-time listen with all the production stuff and everything. That was really crazy. Um, but now we don't do a real-time listen, um, which has allowed us to do more shows. Right. And I think that's probably the single biggest thing that has allowed us to expand. Yeah. And that's all cool, so thanks, Cole. That's all <laughs> yeah. a cool ovation. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you didn't invent them. The functionality was in the software, but it was your yeah. idea to use them and, and stuff. So, yeah. So, so, so to answer your question, there, I use Logic, uh, specifically Logic Pro 10, um, uh, which you can get in the App Store for like 200 bucks. It's been worth every penny, um, strictly because of that. Um, being able to drop those, you know, drop those markers, and that's just a function that I think is built in for like if you are monitoring somebody's takes in music, and you want to like just call out something. So basically, when we when when we record, I listen for like, oh, that's a cough. Oh, that was an awkward transition. You know, here's us going to take a break, and then that becomes like an edit decision list for later. Um, and uh, and Gary's right. That was that was like a way to elevate our carrying capacity a little bit. Um, and like the agricultural, how many people can we feed uh, kind of sense, you know, I think I, I, I budget, um, you know, like two and a half hours for, for, for a given edit. It's a little bit less involved for Bonfireside Chat, uh, probably spend more time on the sketch than on most other um, aspects of the show. Uh, so watch how Fireballs gets a little bit more involved because of that. Um, yeah. But yeah. That is, uh, th- that's about where it's at. I would definitely recommend Logic, although there's a lot of it that you can achieve in in Audacity. I just I learned on Logic and on Apple's stuff, so that's why I choose to edit in that. And Gary, you you edit in Audacity. There's a lot of double, you know, like I, I used GarageBand for a little while too when I had a Mac, yeah. um, which is also possible. Um, if you are just getting into it, the only reason why I would choose trying Audacity is because it's free. So $200 is a lot to try to spend on a thing you don't know if you're going to do. But Audacity is not perfect by any means and like takes a long time to do anything. And it's actually a lot more stable than it used to be. But back when I was first getting into it, like I would lose progress like mad. And mm. now it's happened like once in the last year or so that I've lost anything. I've had like a crash that didn't recover properly. Um, it used to happen a lot, but it's a much better piece of software. Um, I use the evaluation version of Reaper. Hmm. I've been uh, using it for um, I, I want to say like 2,600 days or something. The, the jury's still out. Hours yeah. it, it showed me. I logged in today just to make sure this headset mic was working and sing a little bit of Choo Choo yeah. Go at it. <laughs> and it was. It, it lets you keep evaluating, but it shows you how long you've been using the trial version. It has been guilting you. <laughs> yeah, it's like WinRAR. It's like uh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, maybe some, some uh, mm-hmm. you're not ever gonna give. Okay, here's your software. <laughs> you know you have options. In this do, do, do they feature limit Reaper uh, to like to, to the evaluation, and then like that's just stuff you don't use, or? Uh, no, there's nothing. There's nothing that I would be using, so that I know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not for um yeah, just like the basic edit, and then like the ability to put a filter on it that makes it sound like a podcast, which is the thing <laughs> Zach taught me how to do. Uh, and then, like, just, yeah, export it to an MP3. It's got all that functionality. And I think it's got a ton of, like, built-in filters yeah. and the ability to add, what do they call it, FX? Yeah, mm-hmm. like plugins or, yeah. Yeah, plugins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, just like so, so, so to like to the point of you know, just like hey, where where, where does this fit? Um, markers have enabled us to like. It used to be I would have to do it on a weekend day, and now mm-hmm. I can on a night where I'm not recording, edit a show, you know, after work. Realistically, when that was just not really a possibility before. Yeah. I think Reaper might also have markers. I know that Emily will often say that she's marking something. And then my process involves moving the thing around <laughs> in the window until the markers become completely useless and then doing a full listen. <laughs> it's a really terrible process. I often will have to, just because editing, sometimes I will not... I'll use the markers, but I end up having to kind of leapfrog because I make enough edits that they're no longer accurate. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this happens roughly 53 minutes and 30 seconds after this edit point. Oh, yeah. So it's around... Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, like it's 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 much easier for me when I do it because I send Gary a list of uh, of like the times and then like a rough description like oh Cole coughs, you know Gary takes break, Cole takes break, any of those. Whereas when I do it in Logic, it is uh, I just have them there and I go in yeah. and make the edits mm-hmm. and then the, the the time doesn't matter. So I'm operating at a slight advantage with that. Uh. I figure that your process for anything is going to be a lot more step-by-step and make a lot more sense and work a lot better than mine. <laughs> and that includes, like, making a sandwich. <laughs> it's a question of volume. Cole makes a lot of sandwiches and it's a lot of podcasts, so... <laughs> yeah. You know, it's economies of scale, right? You know, the, your process changes. <laughs> makes a lot of sandwiches. So, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that that provided that provided some answers for you. Apparently you can backer blog though for more yeah. more detailed stuff. Yeah, the backer blog, which uh, we 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 post but we post about on the Patreon um, when it happens. Yeah, yeah. Usually every like Saturday or so, uh, like during yeah. the weekends. Saturday is the day, and then we've both been late or missed, you know, been late a few times. Yeah, but generally Saturday. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Brian Skirsha follows up. A fun fact, Diablo 3 actually has a hidden area called Whimsydale, where they spoof the rainbows and unicorn aesthetic uh, they were accused of by featuring actual technicolor critters, rainbows, and unicorns. That's, That's great. awesome. That's delightful. Yeah. Still on Comfrey Diablo 3? It's like the, uh, the, the, the equivalent of the cow level, I think, maybe? Yeah, there is no cow level. That gives you a bunch of that gives you invincibility in StarCraft, I think. Is the cow uh, level frog fractions too? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, we can get so much like just that that joke has so much mileage on it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Brett again, follow up from much earlier in the episode. Uh I also hired movers for the first time the last time I moved. I went through a hot new startup called Bellhops. That's a that's a free plug for them. Uh, that hires college kids to load up your U-Haul truck. A few weeks after the move, I got this from the founder, and he sends a YouTube a YouTube link. I will take the plunge here and okay, and at least tell you what the title is. Oh, thank you, Brett. <laughs> that's that's that's, that's... <laughs> okay. Wow. So, so do they make a YouTube video for everyone they move or just for every first name? Look <laughs> at the license plates at the gift shop. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Bort. Yeah. My son is also named Thank You, Bort. Um, I was also planning on thanking someone named Bort. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I don't mean to like throw shade at somebody just based on a muted version of what they look like when they're talking to their webcam. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's wearing a sweatband that has the company logo Bellhops on it. <laughs> and at one point, he holds up a uh, a uh, bottle of what appears to be protein pills or protein powder labeled Explode and Red Bull. Oh, God. While talking he's, to he's, he's doing a little comedy. He's doing a little bit. <laughs> What's that? He's doing a little, he's doing a little sketch. Yeah. For his... This is weird. So, so I don't know. Yeah. I, just like with Uber, I worry about those uh, about those services not, you know, being insured in case something happens. Sure. And yeah. being, you know, weirdly exploitive. Yeah. Like, I mean, Uber's not weirdly exploitive. It's just exploitive. Like, there's, no, <laughs> there's no weird about it. It's in their, like, mission statement. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Didn't Portland chase all Uber out? Um, you'd think so. Like, I, I thought that they did, but also, I've been like looking for a part-time job, and on Craigslist, like, it's really funny because ever since I've been watching the Craigslist, they just spam Craigslist ads for part-time jobs, and it was like, make fifteen hundred dollars a week on Uber, make thirteen hundred dollars a week on Uber, and now it's at eleven hundred. I don't know what's oh, happening, <laughs> but it's, it's dropping rapidly. How much they're advertising you can make, like, we're just wait for surge pricing. It'll go up to seventeen hundred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seventeen hundred. Mm. You know. We will like it. Just be for like New Year's, like when they gouge people to not drive drunk, um, which is <laughs> yeah. the thing that they do. Like they, you know, we. What was the, what was the thing during like the um like the blackout or a blizzard or something? New York was like, um, as our commitment to your safety, we will not charge more than two point seven times our usual rate during this thing or something. Like that's like oh fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> fuck off. That's gross. Yeah, Uber, you're gross. They're the worst. Fun they're fact: the- every city has a taxi service. <laughs> Yeah, and and also like now that you can use a card for a taxi, and they've been so regulated that like they can't really compete for prices, mm-hmm. you're fine. Like the fact that like I will pay the same price for any taxi taxi company in the in the city, and I can use my card means a taxi is totally viable. You know. Yeah. Like previous to that, like it'd be like, oh, do I have cash? You know, oh, I don't know, I don't have like a company that I like. But now it doesn't matter. Like in in Portland, a bunch of the companies actually just dispatch from the same line. Hmm. Like uh-huh. I've, I've ordered a radio cab and got a sassy cab. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I drove for discount cab for like cab? a month. Yeah, so now I'm all weirdly brand loyal because part of the initiation process was teaching us to hate yellow cab. Because oh. <laughs> yellow cab has that airport contract, mm. and we hate them. We hate them so much. Also, we they're all child rapers. Don't trust yellow cab. <laughs> Was it actually discounted? Could they discount Yellow Cab in your city? I don't know. All I think Yellow Cab might like... actually be cheaper. Oh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's offering a better discount, just not the name. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to, like, de-brainwash when I got out of there and be like, okay, Yellow Cab probably isn't actually all child drapers. Like, maybe they're fine. <laughs> it, is, it was also a discount cab company, but it was founded by the guy from Yellow. So... <laughs> <laughs> That Coldplay oh, yeah. song? Oh yeah, no, I guess, I guess that's true. I was thinking, oh yeah, but <laughs> you can pay with with card, cash, or chicka chicka. <laughs> that's two two jokes like that that I did this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, You're on, roll, buddy. You're on fire. It, it sounds like you should start. You should become a um, creepy truck driver who propositions people who want to hitchhike with <laughs> drugs, money, or sexual favors. <laughs> you can come up with a series of rhyming, like, ass grass or gaslets. 
Hmm. Gaslets. Yeah. New yeah. gaslets. Do you guys, you know, you watch a YouTube on your phone now, you get ads. The one I always get is for GasX now. That's from the perspective of an office chair, and it's just disgusting. <laughs> like, it just shows all these, like, you know, antacids don't take care of gas. Like, the mouth you're talking is, like, the implication is that someone's been farting in that mouth, into that hot mouth for years, oh, and it's stopping them from getting a promotion. That's what this commercial is implying. It's disgusting. <laughs> Are these ads targeted? Because I always get Julia Louis-Dreyfus talking about boyfriend jeans. I, they probably are. It's because I'm constantly just searching, like, daily fart on YouTube, which I think oh, actually God. is a, a YouTube account, if you don't know. But it's gross. You shouldn't, uh, shouldn't watch it. <laughs> okay, the worst YouTube ad. Activia Greek. I swear to God, it's this woman pulling a container of yogurt out of the fridge and her friend saying, Activia? And her saying, Greek. And her friend saying, it looks like Activia. And she says, Greek. And her friend's like, no, I'm pretty sure you're fucking eating Activia. And she says, it's Greek Activia. And it's like, you could have cleared up that misunderstanding way back at the beginning of the commercial. I hate advertising. It's horrible. Oh, boy. Yeah, no advertising is the worst. <laughs> Which, okay, I'm going to take factual uh, exception to that GasX ad because do they know how GasX works? Uh, I presume that the, the, the talking chair from this ad did know. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a trustworthy office chair. It makes you fart more so that you don't have, like, the terrible cramps. So the office chair would be like, ooh, feed me, ho- feed me farts in my hot mouth. <laughs> yeah, like... Like use gas. Like he has that like New York crabby accent that anthropomorphic things they have to do with buttholes do in commercials. Like if it's about hemorrhoids or gas, it's always like get some hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> I went down at the docks. <laughs> yeah, GasX is literally just a it it is it is a compound which reduces the surface tension of the liquid in your guts, which makes it it makes it so that you pass the gas as opposed to hold on to it. I know this as a person with chronic digestive problems. So you just fart now rather than later. Right, you fart now as opposed to being really uncomfortable for a long time. Mm. Yeah, that sounds great. How fast does it act, Cole? Mm, half hour. No, that's pretty good. Like, there's many times where I'm, like, out and I don't want to just be, like, farting all day. Like, I would much prefer just to fart in the comfort of my apartment. <laughs> just to bank sure. them up? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just save them up, get them all done at once. <laughs> you know, just get them knocked out of the way. <laughs> Your Merlin man slash optimization. I need how to control call. call. <laughs> like, you just get all your farting out of the way? <laughs> It's not like that. It's a matter of I don't want to be like really sick during this meeting. That's first thing in the day. No, yeah. no, and and you don't want to you don't want to you know blast ass like during the meeting either. Yeah, yeah. So, like I'm, sure? I'm just I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, cool. Are you sure you don't have farting seven thirty five to eight oh five penciled into your schedule? <laughs> like, like Siri, I might as well tomorrow. <laughs> when I wake up, twenty people for dinner. Schedule. Would you like me to Google? Part before dinner. Just schedule a meeting, book the conference room that nobody uses, go into it for five minutes apart. <laughs> walk around with your hands in your pockets. <laughs> Whistling innocently. <laughs> um, Real time follow up. Brett says, yes, it is so terrible in reference to that. Uh, that, uh, I, I, w- 
I want to watch that YouTube when they're not streaming, if that's what he was talking about. It's terrible. Yep. <laughs> I want to get that link. <laughs> I think I still have the still have the tab open, so we're good. Um, oh, good. Yeah, tweet that or something. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Gary, uh, Brett asks, any highlights from this week as a fellow old man in college? Mine. Uh, walking down a hallway, I passed a very hip-looking kid with a fancy scarf laying on the floor with his laptop on his chest, listening to Margaritaville by Mr. James oh. Buck. <laughs> um, this, uh, this term, all my classes are online, um, which I didn't do on purpose. It just kind of worked out that way. Um, so, no. Um, so, I haven't been exposed. Next term, all my classes are in person which I try not to do just because it's hard to schedule stuff around getting to campus and because I'm lazy and, and, you know, there are plenty of classes that I like learning online more. Um, uh, so not so much this this time. Um, somebody called out last week, um, I'm taking a games writing class, which is really cool. Nice. And making a game for it, which is really cool. And I wish the college had more stuff like that. Um, and But there was a guy who, like, in the message board publicly threw shade at the teacher and, like, was trying to embarrass her. Um, in a really weirdly inappropriate way, like just kind of like I wish that you would do this. Like this isn't our job to do this. You know, it was about some kind of like she wanted us to do some kind of book research and look up books. She's like, you just tell us what books to get. Like I don't. This isn't my job. Like and it was just a real, real dumb shit. Um, Have you heard of college? Yeah, I, I, I was just kind of. And he also pulled like whenever anyone that's in college and someone pulls the like we're paying for this card. Like that always rubs me the wrong way because it doesn't. You know that there's nowhere you can get with that argument. You know, as somebody who has worked in administration and academia for most of my life, like, most of my working life, like, it is not, it's just, like, an argument that will have no practical benefit to you, regardless of how much you feel it. You know, like, it is It is just, that's the truth of college. Like, you're not going to get a tailor-made experience. Like, it's, it's similar to a Kickstarter thing. Like, there's an element of faith mm-hmm. when you choose this college. You don't get to choose to have every teacher in class be exactly what you want. Yeah. You're putting a, a trust in it's like you know representative government like you're putting trust in people to to make these decisions for you you know you know you're not choosing what toilet paper to buy you're electing someone to buy toilet paper for you for four years oh that sounds great I, I would I would probably say yeah sign up for that <laughs> <laughs> as a, as opposed to just having a brands and ordering it oh. on Amazon like doesn't your butthole get bored <laughs> <laughs> Have to be like toilet guy all the time. Doesn't your little butt get bored of that shit? What's that? <laughs> Doesn't your little butt get bored of that shit? Uh, <laughs> my, my butthole hasn't felt alive in years. <laughs> Sometimes I cut it just to make it feel. That's all right. Man, I think so. I don't have a recent one, but if I, did I tell the story? It's not even a story. My, the most angry that I got in like a, uh, you know, being around people in college who were obviously like of a different set of priorities in the common area at the University of Cincinnati, you know, sitting down trying to study in the quiet area, somebody blasting Final Fantasy VII. Playing it on their PC emulator. It comes back to Final Fantasy VII this episode. I know, yeah. right? That's, it's, it's all butts, farts, and Final Fantasy. Butts, farts, and clouds. <laughs> <laughs> butts, farts, and merits. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, you know how, like, listening to somebody play Final Fantasy VII would be the worst possible thing because you're the... Dit, dit, yeah, dit, dit, dit. Yeah. You know, yeah. moving the cursor. Just imagine that mixed with... Yeah. yeah. That's no. rough. 
now I have a final. No. Yeah. People are inconsiderate. <sighs> they can be. We have one final question here. This is from George F. Mashurki, and this is less of a question and more of just a, a heads up. I wanted to mention that I remembered to back you guys on Patreon by knocking the postcard Gary sent from your charity live stream uh, and reading it when I picked it up. By knocking it? I don't... That, that's not a verb I know. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, so there's some uh, marketing info for you. Oh, thank hey. you. Yeah. Uh, knocked it over, I think. Oh, okay. Something like that. Like, oh, he got it, and then it fell over, and it's like, oh, here's... These guys. Oh. It was a reminder. Yeah. No, well, thanks. Yeah, we were we were happy to because it was a super good charity. We weren't sending out the postcards for marketing, right? Um, no. But we just wanted to be thinky. But I'm glad that worked, and thank you for backing us. Yes, thank you, and for watching this. Yeah. And that's all the questions we've got. Yeah, it's been about two hours. Yeah. And yeah. appropriate live stream time, Jenny. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. This was yeah. fun. It was super fun. Yeah. Hey. Where Where Yay. can everybody find you? Um, I'm on the internet. Let's see. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Liker Shampoo. If you want to listen to the Taco Podcast, it's mixed in with all the video games hot dog podcasts at uh, vghotdog.com. You can do a find and replace for Taco. <laughs> do it. That is a weird sentence. <laughs> Like you can do a find and replace for taco. Taco. It's not actually what I meant to say, but it's probably it's, funnier than what I It's like the guy from say. Taco is going, going slowly, going senile. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just talking to his aide. What am I putting on? Grits? You can do a find and replace for taco. <laughs> you, can do, you can do a find and replace for taco. Did taco have any other songs? I don't think so, and I think like I think that's that's the that's a cover too. I think putting on the Ritz is yeah, like yeah. an old yeah. It's like a, it sounds like a Cole Porter song. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Like that's a real Cole Porter. Anything goes. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think the the original put on the Ritz like early '40s from a musical. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's it's at least as old as Young Frankenstein. It's that song about the crackers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were saying Taco, and I was thinking, wait, John LaJoy's character from The League? But no. No. That is not Different a reference. Taco. Different tacos. Yeah. I feel the, the video games taco episodes are really uh, clearly demarcated on iTunes, too. Yeah. So That's if you good. just look at the big list of uh, episodes on iTunes, yeah. they're easy to spot. Yeah. Um, we might actually record another episode before the Earth crashes into the sun. That's what's going to happen, right? 31st. Okay. Yes. Singularity. As the prophecy, if the prophecies have foretold correctly. Yeah. The Kurzweil papers. <laughs> the uh. Kurzweil. Um, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and is recommended from us. Thank you. Check out Jenny's show. Yes. I tell everyone to back you on Patreon, but they already are if they're watching this. So, yeah. Yeah. good job. Yeah. Create an old account. <laughs> so you can like dual box backing you guys on Patreon. Yeah, you could you could play like good good backer bad backer. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah really good. Actually, as a as a consumer, I feel like if I, mean, I do, I don't even know who the straw man is. I'm making up. Everyone who backs no. is super sweet. Like, uh, yeah, every experience we've actually had. I, yeah, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> just yes. 
yeah, good, good, good backer, bad backer is not a thing because there's no such thing as a bad backer. Oh, yeah, everybody. I think I think they're, they're conceptually possible for other people, but not for us. Yeah, not for us. Like we've been we've been exceptionally lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know what you can do for us. Any yeah. bother about that? Um, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, until next time. Yeah. Umbasa. 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 <laughs> <laughs>